0: Bye. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the C Report. And I am your host, Mr. C, coming to you on this, the first Friday and the first day of October 2021. I hope you guys are having a great Friday evening today. As they say, in the uh popular culture out there um tgif thank god it's friday not not to say that uh you know we're, we're very grateful for fridays we'll thank god we'll thank whomever we may uh but i don't know uh days of the week tend to just be days of the week to me sometimes i'm like thank god it's monday but uh Who really says that quite often, right? Anyways, welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. I hope you all are doing well out there. And um, yeah, we have a great show lined up for you guys tonight. And we are coming to you guys live on the foxhole.app, as well as um, uh, pill.net, twitch.tv, and the clout hub. So if you're joining us tonight, welcome, welcome. And thank you for uh, being part of this live audience across multiple platforms and a good evening to our friends over on the podcast side of this show as well. All right, guys. So what is going on today? What is a uh, top of the line? What is need to know? What is worth sharing? Well, it's like I've been saying there have been uh, there's been quite a bit of news going on throughout uh, the entirety of this time. And, uh, hmm. Well, I mean, there's several things that we could jump into today, that is for sure. Uh, But we do have a very pointed uh, type of uh, program for you guys tonight, broadcast, show, uh, episode, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, um, let's see, what do we got to under wraps for you all tonight? Ah, you see, yesterday we had a bit of a military type of episode. It's like every story we did yesterday just about had to do with, uh, something with the armed forces. Uh, today we will be bringing you a show that uh, is going to focus more on the litigatory side of, uh, you know, the, the, um, headlines that we read. Uh, we'll, uh, be talking a little bit about these, uh, a um, uh, John Durham subpoenas uh, that have been uh, I wouldn't say leaked, but they've been announced in the um, major major uh, news outlets. So uh, by consequence of that, all of we independents kind of pick up on it. Oh yeah, very much so. So I know there's a lot of curiosity on that and uh, if you haven't read the articles or the headlines, well we'll cover that just a little bit tonight. And uh, we'll also be uh, talking about uh, the Arizona audit again. Well, I should say uh, what was uh, what remains after the Arizona audit, which in itself is an entirely new leg of the journey. I don't know. I would say if we were doing a typical story arc kind of theme here for Arizona, we are currently in the middle of the story, right? Uh, this is where it gets deep. This is where it gets dark. This is where things could really go askew. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to our efforts to secure election integrity in our country, um, in regards to the Arizona um, uh, audit, uh, we are definitely in the woods right now. Uh, because uh, we have already ventured outside of known territory, having completed the United States' first in ever history full forensic audit of any type of election. Uh, But now we're like uh, we're in unprecedented territory, most definitely in unprecedented territory. There's no precedence for anything moving forward in our country as set forth in our history Uh, whether by litigation, lawfare, uh, uh, lawsuits, or example, right? Tarring and feathering or something, or, you know, the villagers, uh, you know, rioting and picketing and stuff. There is no precedence for where we are. So I would say we are in the woods right now. And, uh, well, we'll we'll, uh, examine what part of the woods we're in today. As you might notice on the header here, it does say that uh, the volunteers of the Arizona audit speak out. And uh, that's going to be some pretty good, uh, that's going to be some pretty good, Pretty, pretty that's going to be some pretty good uh, intel there, if you want to call it that, uh, especially considering uh, the way that the uh, mainstream, lamestream, fake news legacy media keeps trying to spin this story uh, you can't really refute those who were there and on the ground, and we'll take a look at that tonight. And then, um, finally, we will be uh, talking about uh, Sydney Powell tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm, we got John Durham. We got Sydney Powell. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty good show tonight. Now, in a uh, surprise turn of events, well, I would say maybe more of a surprise for... Uh, the Deep Staters, the globalists and Dominion itself. Sidney Powell has elected to sue or counter sue Dominion quick on the turn of their uh, lawsuit and uh, crooked judges um, Crooked judges um, 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 uh, Crooked judge's way of uh, having her pay for that. That's right. So we'll jump into that tonight guys as we move along. Uh, but in the meantime, like I said, we are coming to you live here on the foxhole.app or at uh, pill.net. Those two uh, platforms kind of go hand in hand, I would say. They work pretty well symbiotically together. You get your uh, pill.net account. You get uh, you get to be included in an entire community um, of uh, patriots and like minded individuals, uh, where the uh, memes and the uh, hot tips on headlines never cease to exist, but also uh, the home base for a lot of the programs, shows, and uh, content creators uh, that uh, you may get to enjoy over at the foxhole.app. And again, uh, I would highly recommend if you, are, uh, if you are feeling a little lonely out there if uh, if um, America just does not shine as brightly as it did during the Trump administration if you kind of feel like you're missing out on all of the uh, all of the pep that used to exist amongst your friends and patriots on the major social networks well they're all over at the foxhole.app and pill.net so I'd say get your took us over there because uh, that's where we are at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It took me. Uh, it took a minute, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "What is this?" Uh, speaking of my uh, my my own personal discovery of said platforms, and then I was like, "Oh, that's where everybody is." And that's right, guys. Uh, like minded, like community. We all like it very much. So uh, head on over there today. Make yourself a free account and uh, sit back, spell. Because if you've got time we've got the content. <laughs> All right, guys, other than that, uh, most definitely we are live on Twitch and on Clout Hub. Now, before we get into today's show, uh, just so we can get things kicked off this way, uh, please don't forget if you would like to support uh, the work that we do here at The C Report, indeed at Mr. CTV, where we bring you not only The C reports, the show that you are watching right now with your own eyes, Uh, You can also catch Mr. C in the Dark, which is a much and a far much more casual show of of talking and engagement of news and headlines of uh, chatting and of guests. Uh, We'll have one on tonight at midnight. Uh, Mr. C in the Dark comes out every Friday and Saturday at 12 o'clock midnight, Texas time, otherwise known as Central Time. And uh, it's definitely something you might want to catch or also Lone Star News. We also do Lone Star News here over at uh, Mr. CTV and the Mr. C Channel. And uh, that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, it's it's, 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 it's news that's a bit more geared towards the state of Texas. As a proud Texan myself, you know, I'm just trying to do my part to uh, assist in the cleaning of our backyard, as we uh, have realized, recognized, or perhaps just uh, um, remembered that uh, our last stand, our first option for defense is always in our home state, which is our backyards, which is our counties, which is our cities. And we should most definitely focus there. Now, you know, as the decades have moved on in this great nation of ours, uh, it has been, uh, it's been so apparent and it has been such a what do you call it? It's been it's been such a push to uh, to get to those federal elections. The only elections people should care about is the election of their leader is kind of what uh, I feel like uh, the plan, the idea was this entire time focus on your leader. Don't focus on your, uh, don't focus on your county leaders. Don't focus on your city leaders. Don't focus on those who represent you in your own zip code. Well, we have remembered, ladies and gentlemen, that it is in fact our own backyard, our own zip code that is quite important because let's face it, guys, uh, if we were being taught and schooled on the 10th Amendment while we were in in, in high school and uh, et cetera, you know, we might have remembered that uh, state elections are far more important than federal elections because you can get Hitler in the White House, if you will. And as long as you have a strong constitutional and a uh, freedom-minded electorate there in your home state or legislature, governor, whatever you want to call him, elected official, Uh, there's no way in heck that Hitler is going to bring his Nazi tanks into your home state because your uh, state constitution, the sovereignty of your own state will not allow it. So that's what we do at Lone Star News. And incidentally, and and that that is on Saturdays, usually about 3 p.m. Texas time. Uh, Lone Star News is in a bit of a flux at the moment, but uh, that's not a bad thing. We will see where that goes. Uh, But uh, let me tell you one thing for sure. (laughs) A few things about today's report will bleed over into Texas and uh, well, We'll get there when we get there, but I will most definitely have to address it tonight. And then uh, lastly, also, if you are over on the podcast side, or if you're viewing us on any of the uh, live streaming platforms that we are coming to you live tonight, make sure you check us out over at the Sea Report podcast, where uh, you can uh, listen to the reports that we bring to you nightly, Monday through Friday. Over on podcast uh, form. So, uh, say you don't have uh, time to have your eyes glued to a screen or your fingers busy uh, texting away in the chat room. Say you uh, need to, uh, I don't know, uh, go run an errand, go jogging, uh, do something with your hands and your eyes that don't require a, uh, <laughs> a screen. Uh, well, then uh, make sure you check us out at anchor.fm/slash the report. And uh, you can check out every single C report that we've done since we began back in February of this year. And uh, it's been quite a ride so far. But also, just to be sure, you can also check out the C report on any major uh, podcast platform. Um, and, and any minor as well. I mean, I've never heard of uh, such podcast platforms as like Himalaya, Blueberry, but we're on there too. So you can check it out if that's your preference. Uh, let your friends know, let your family know. Anyone who you think might be interested in any of uh, the news here or, or perhaps, you know, maybe I as a host just tickle your funny bone. They're like, ah, oh, look at the silly uh, bald man in the red suit. Who makes uh, sillies? Yeah, well, you know, hey, that's what I'm here for, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, most definitely, that would be appreciated. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into tonight's show, uh, just a brief reminder that we are also running a sort of fundraiser here this week. We'll probably do it until tomorrow and then uh, we'll cut the reins on that. And uh, that is just to uh, um, garner some support for an event we'll be attending. And again, as I've said, uh, everything that we do do here at the Sea Report is uh, it's, it's listener and viewer supported. That's right. Uh, I would not be here doing the things that I do and saying the things that I say and speculating the things that I speculate if it weren't for you guys. And I most definitely appreciate it. Now, of course, you know, that is like what? 90% true, 80% true? Because I mean, obviously I would be sitting here in my day to day on the foxhole.app, talking about stuff I, <laughs> as I did for quite some time, uh, but to grow uh, to grow the operation that I'm uh, I'm pursuing, uh, to be able to keep on doing this and still uh, you know uh, have some kind of a decent you know living. It definitely helps, but that's not the purpose of this fundraiser, okay? The purpose of this fundraiser is not to get me a new pair of underoos or to get me, you know, like a a taco and, uh, you know, some chicken wings to munch on. The purpose of this fundraiser, ladies and gentlemen, is in support of an event that I will be um, covering uh, coming up this month. Actually, we're what? We're like 20 days and counting down, ladies and gentlemen. And in case you hadn't heard about it, That is the Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down happening in Las Vegas, Nevada, October 22nd through the 25th. Now, that is for sure a Patriot event where we will have several leaders in the field um, um, speaking. I mean, to me, it's like a big old pep rally, you know, but uh, a pep rally for sovereignty, a pep rally for our Constitution, a pep rally for America. And of course, we'll have some leaders there, uh, General Flynn, Christina Caramo, um, Wendy uh, Rogers. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be great guys. And then especially when you think about, uh, being on the heels of this Arizona audit. And again, we will be talking a little bit about that tonight. Um, it's going to be quite a riveting experience, I'm sure. And, uh, we will be live there in Las Vegas and we will be, um, uh, bringing to you coverage of the event as well as some extra items, uh, hopefully some interviews, some, uh, um, further engagements, man on the streets types activities. Um, and also we will be bringing you the C report live from Las Vegas and also Mr. C in the dark live from Las Vegas while I'm there in attendance, while, I'm, while my body is physically there in Las Vegas. And uh, to that end, uh, we are doing, like I said, a bit of a fundraiser. So uh, any bit of support that you can do to help with uh, travel expenses or any other expenses incurred on this, uh, this uh, sojourn um, are much appreciated. And again, uh, we couldn't do that without you guys. Um, we uh, accept uh, donations by way of Cash App at uh, dollar sign macx 5 by 5 as well as PayPal uh, through uh, MACX99336. Those are my handles in case you want to show love there. And of course, if you're over at pill.net or the foxhole.app, um, uh, gold pill donations go a long way to support both um, the work that I do here, as well as uh, pill.net and the foxhole.app. Themselves and uh, they most definitely, definitely deserve more than their fair share of gold pills for the support they have given to content creators such as myself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that does about that as far as uh, housekeeping goes at the beginning of today's episode. Uh, of course, there are other things in the work you know, uh, such as uh, updating of the website. I'm planning to do an overhaul of that before this uh, event in Las Vegas takes place uh, because there's no telling what could come of that and it should be quite the interesting time. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to meeting some of my Patriot friends out there and uh, it's gonna be a great time. Let me tell you what, because uh, prior to to discovering such communities as pill.net and foxhole.app, It was a lonely world out there, ladies and gentlemen. I think I'm just uh, lucky to have come across you guys at the capacity that I do today. Someone says, I look like a Cherry Vanilla Big Red Soda representative. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to live that one down. Of course, you got to be living in Texas or Tennessee or South Pennsylvania to know what Big Red is. Uh, Does anyone else know what Big Red is out there? Give me a one if you're feeling it. That would be fun. Let's jump over into the chats real quick before we get underway with today's report. Uh, looks like we have Mermaid Miss K in the house. Good evening, hey there, how you doing? Peace to you, my friend. We also have Casual Gigi. Good evening, Gigi. How you doing? You know, I met uh, I met a very very uh, um, she was cool. She was a very cool lady, very cool woman. on a a cruise that I went to one time, and her name was Gigi. And you know, whenever you're going out into excursions like that, where you're like, you know, stuck on a boat uh, for X amount of days with certain people, you never know what kind of a mixed bag you're gonna get. And it was really cool to know that she was a patriot too. So every time I see her name casual Gigi, I think about her and it just really warms my heart. Big Willie is in the house. What's up, Big Willie? How you doing tonight? Just V, good evening. I applaud you, my friend. Welcome, welcome. I don't know why I'm applauding you, but it's just because you are you, Just V, and that's why I'm doing it. Uh, Chinkapin, 54 Chinkapin Parish. Is that where you from, Gert? No, just kidding. Hey, Chinkapin, 54 how you doing tonight? Welcome into the show. Hi from North Carolina. Actually, Chinkapin Parish is over in uh, Louisiana, so I'm way off there, but uh, um, good to see you and glad to have you in the audience tonight, Chinkapin. I've seen you here a few times before. Glad you've returned, Sean Joe. Good evening, sir, and thank you so much for gifting the cookie right out the gates here on tonight's show. And Cloud Watcher, Michigan in the House. Did I get that right? Good evening and hello, fellow Patriots. Christina Fontana, uh, aloha. That's Minnesota in the house, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, love your energy, man. Happy Aloha Friday, everyone. Love your energy too, Christina. I love, uh, I love the, uh, I love the blithe, mirthful happiness that you bring to us. I mean, just it's, it's the Aloha things. It's the Christina Fontana. You know, it just, it just, it just rolls off the tongue so, uh, so blissfully and happy. Uh, Mr. C, you're a breath of fresh air. So grateful for you. Thank you so much for that cloud watcher. I try. Sometimes it gets a little stinky in here, but that's my fault. Not y'all's. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. I kid. I kid. Okay. Uh, curious cat. Good evening. Uh, good to have you in the house, uh, my friend. And welcome. Welcome. Hope you enjoy the show. Narco Hampong TV. Saludos, Narco Hampong um welcome and i always do appreciate your full support let the uh, <laughs> thank you so much seize the day 9 11 good evening good evening took us is here that's right we like to say took us here at the <laughs> at the zero C- i don't know why i say took us honestly it just it just pops out of my mouth you know uh since you took us down i don't know i don't even know where that came from good evening aurelius Locke. safe uh safe travels to you on the road my friend and uh Narco Hampone TV says um we need we need the After Dark tonight. Well, Narco Hampone, check your calendar, my friend. It is Friday, October 1st. Yes, we will have a Mr. C in the Dark tonight at midnight. It'll be fun. I'll be out of this suit and tie. I don't know what we're going to do yet, although I have a good idea. We'll see. Or I don't know. Tell me, guys. Uh, Tell me. Should we do a watch party or should we do uh, some chat and some uh, visiting with friends? And if we do, what topic should we take on? Now, I know for a fact there is a very specific topic that I want to get into, but I'm still putting that together. Uh, We'll see if that comes together. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, We'll find out. Maybe I'll expand on that a little bit tonight. Maybe I won't. We'll see what's up. Um, V says your last podcast was in May on my iPhone. Oh, um, I would ask, are you checking out, uh, anchor or are you checking out, uh, one of the, uh, podcast affiliates? Uh, now if you go to anchor.fm slash the C report, all of my podcasts will be there. In fact, you'll probably hear some podcasts that I wish I had deleted, but I'm not going to delete them because I have uh, several very old shows on that uh, on that uh, same station. That's right, uh, The Sea Report. Anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. Why, ladies and gentlemen, if you were to go and check out that uh, that uh, podcast platform, home based for us here at The Sea Report, and this is only relevant to friends and family and community at The Sea Report, uh, I mean, at The Sea Report, at pill.net and at... Uh, the voxel.app um, uh, you will also uh, have the chance to listen to an interview that I conducted with none other than uh, you know her, you love her, Anka Vanka. That's right. Oh, my goodness. The things you could learn. I was quite blown away. It was a great conversation. I don't remember how long we talked. Me and Anka talked for maybe, I don't know, at least an hour. But I feel like it might have been like on the line of an hour and a half. You'll have to search that one, though, because uh, that uh, interview probably happened around April. And it was uh, it was an exclusive interview with Anka Vanka before um, before we really got things going over at the Foxhole.app. She was one of those friendly souls that uh, greeted me here over at the Sea Report and uh, was, you know, you guys know Anka Vanka is so inclusive and so loving to everybody. And you guys know she also has her own show. So if you're listening to us on Twitch or on CloudHub or even at the podcast, you'll never know the uh, joyful spirit that is Anka Vanka unless you get your butts over, your us right? Unless you get your us over to, uh, you know, pill.net or the foxhole.app. So there you go. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. So, yes. Um, All right. Uh, Where are we going to go from here? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Mr. C, El Republicano. Uh, Only by registration. (laughs) And Sean, Joe, thank you again for the uh, cookie. Um, Keeping my uh, cookie jar filled. And I think with that, ladies and gentlemen, we... Hey, MacGyver, what's going on? I think with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are ready to go. So why don't we dip into tonight's report? Let's uh, just get straight into it. Of course, we're going to start with uh, President Trump's um, words, his press release, his statements, uh, that which gets out to everyone regardless of how much the deep state globalists try to suppress this man he seems to be able to get away with it all over and all over and all over again. Now we only had a single statement from president Trump at the time of this show's beginning. Let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm smiling like that for a reason because president Trump, sir, I'm the only one who can take away my credibility. Here we go. (laughs) Your guys are probably like, what is he talking about? Okay. So president Trump's statement for tonight says, uh, Just heard patriots are moving the Texas audit bill forward. We talked about this last night, y'all. Texas State Senator Paul Betancourt filed Senate Bill 47, legislation that authorizes Texans to initiate a strong and real forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election scam. Not a weak, risk-limiting audit that is being slow-walked through the Secretary of State's office. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, a great guy, sent the bill to the State Affairs Committee the very same day, and it should quickly pass through the Senate. There is still time for the House to take up the issue in the third special session with House Bill 16. I'd like to thank Dan and Paul for their bold leadership and for listening to Texans who are demanding answers about November 3rd. Everyone feels certain Greg Abbott, uh, Governor Abbott, will follow suit. This will have big impact on the upcoming 2022 and 2024 elections in Texas. Texas will always be red, but we must stop the cheating. Keep it up, get this bill to the finish line or over the finish line. Passing the audit bill will be a big win for Texas. Let's make sure the great people of Texas believe and trust their elections. Now, you guys know, you guys know how much myself and other Texans, we were cringing when we read this statement, okay? <laughs> President Trump! <laughs> okay, okay. Just like we have to vet his endorsements, <laughs> just as President Trump has learned that even though he might endorse, they could still be a snake in the bush, just as every human is fallible, Just as if President Trump were indeed a globalist agent in the end and it was found out, we would hang him on high, right? Okay, 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 okay. Now, if you were all here last night, you might recall uh, that uh, I kind of went on a little bit of a rant about this audit, okay? And uh, I kind of feel like, you know, um, information, incomplete information compartmentalized, not everything is flowing the way uh, that the president might need to hear. who boy, especially calling Dan Patrick a great guy. Oh, ho, ho, President Trump, Dan Patrick. Now, what you have right here, ladies and gentlemen, and we were going to get into this tomorrow at, on Lone Star News. And you know what? We're probably still going to talk about it tomorrow on Lone Star News at 3 p.m. on Saturday, Texas time. Okay. Huh. Okay, here's the thing, guys. President Trump put them on the spot. He was like, Gregory, you better audit. I gave you an endorsement. And of course, you know, Gregory Abbott is uh he's he's coming up for re-election. So uh as we have discovered with the Texas legislature, which is one of the best BSers of all time, they completely have their entire legislative sessions. I mean, I guess rigged would be a good word. They have them planned out. They have them planned out to what bills are going to be introduced, to what bills will be left in committee, to what representative or senator will pass or will write the bill, to who will support it, to who's going to, to who's going to go against it, uh, all the way right down into what bills will not make it past the deadline, the clock that strikes at midnight at the end of the session. Seriously, guys. So when, um, you know, President Trump throws the Texas legislature a hardball like this one and kind of puts them on the spot, because after all, they are in their third special session and they could have gotten election integrity done during their second session, which they ended early when uh, when that bill was actually coming up to vote, which makes no sense. Um, they got to figure something out. So, of course, Gregory is going to comply right away. Uh, Lieutenant Dan Patrick is going to comply right away. And let's not forget that uh, both, uh, you know, um, Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick accepted thousands of dollars from pharmaceutical companies in order to push chemical castration, and other types of uh, sex-altering drugs on children. They accepted money from these businesses, and that's why... Governor Abbott has to sit back and act like he doesn't know anything about morality and has no sense of right or wrong, let alone any kind of common sense. And uh, he has to ask the uh, Texas Department of Health and Human Services, is chemically castrating children child abuse? Really, Gregory Abbott, you have to ask that kind of a question? You don't know that? Uh, God did not give you that sense in your head to figure that out for yourself? Okay, so this is what I'm kind of saying here. Now, you guys know I love President Trump. You guys know I respect the man for what he did for our country and how he taught us and how he, you know, he, 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 he was part of the great awakening for a big sector of Americans, let alone the rest of the world. Okay, maybe not all of us. You know, maybe not the majority of us, but a hell of a lot more than there used to be before him. Okay, so, um, and and all due respect, you know, uh, things are said for certain reasons and he says things for certain reasons as well. And I would have to agree on this part that uh, he's getting reports from people that, uh, yep, Abbott's already on it. Lieutenant Governor Patrick's already on it. They're already already pushing it through. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, This audit is not 100% the full-on forensic audit. Now, yes, it is not going to be a weak, risk-limiting audit, and it is not going to be slow-walked by the Secretary of State, because after all, we've had four acting Secretaries of State, five total, since Abbott has been in office. What's up with that? Okay, why cannot Abbott find one single solitary good secretary of state who abides by the constitution and respects election integrity and respects the will of the constituents? Probably because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad crap going on there is what I think. If we've gone through 5, we can't rest on 1. Something is up there, okay? Or maybe, maybe that's by design. Like I said, everything in the Texas legislature is by design, so as to fool Republicans and the rest of Texans into believing that they are on the ball, on point with their, uh, with their what, with their, with their morals, with their beliefs, with their convictions. What are they what are they on line with if they're lying to us? Okay, so with that said ladies and gentlemen I'm gonna I'm gonna entertain you guys with this and I will not be too long on it because we're definitely gonna cover this mañana But uh, just so you guys can see, because like I said, you know, this is this is not everything that it seems like it's going to be. And my fear here now is with President Trump making a statement like that, all of these Texans are going to become complacent. Now, is that the point of uh, President Trump's statement? No, he's not trying to make us complacent. He's not trying to lull us into sleep because our state legislature is taking care of it. He's trying to give credit where credit is due, but uh, have you read what they're going to be going through? Okay, so real quick, we won't touch on all of this, but this is from the Texas Secretary of State for the full forensic audit. Now, check this part out. Testing voting machine accuracy cybersecurity assessments and identifying and removing ineligible voters who cast ballots in 2020. Already completed or underway. How the hell could that happen if they have not done a full forensic audit? Well, as it happens, it explains right down here. It says uh, after every single Texas election, counties are required to conduct a partial manual count of electronic voting system ballots within 72 hours of the polls closing to ensure the accuracy of the tabulation of electronic voting systems results, okay? They are required to conduct a partial manual count of electronic system ballots, okay? That's it. That's it. A partial manual count of electronic, electronic voting system ballots, which means they partially audit electronic images of these ballots. That's all that is. That's nothing more than that. And we don't even know what partial means. We can go to section uh, 127.201. I think I have that pulled up here if you guys want to read it, but I mean, we'll do it on Saturday. Um, All counties are required to undergo an election security assessment of the county's election system. And it says all 254 counties have completed these assessments. Okay, so retroactively, we're going to include this information in the upcoming audit, or we're just not going to do it all. We're just going to go ahead and we're going to, you know, we're going to, take this. And that's not to mention, guys, that this audit is not being done independently. It's being done by some state agency, which is another red flag. So I appreciate President Trump's sentiments when we're talking about uh, this has more teeth in the front and in the face than any of the other audits did. Like uh, you ask Wisconsin, you ask Arizona, you ask Pennsylvania, Michigan, you ask uh, Georgia and and they have these little piddly diddly we're going to recount the ballots because we just got to count and recount and this i mean look at it look at it this on this this looks like much more than what they were offering in the other states right check this out okay so we're looking at uh, part 2 comprehensive election records examination okay so that means that uh the records examined from each county will include but are not limited to the following types of documents all test ballots voted test ballots, test deck records, test, testing media. Okay. That's for logic and accuracy testing records for voting machines. Okay. Early voting and election day materials. They want to look at a list of registered voters. They want to look at daily early voting rosters for in-person voting. They want to look at chain of custody forms that document the seals of the ballots. They want to look at chain of custody delivery and pickup of equipment, of equipment, at voting sites. They want to look at statements of residents, reasonable impediment declarations, limited ballot applications. I mean, okay, good, great. I'm glad they want to look at all of that, but uh, what are they not looking at? What are they not looking at? Okay. They are not looking at the physical ballots. They're not inspecting the physical ballots. They are not inspecting the physical machines to see if there's internet uh, um, um, internet um, ac- activity or connect- connectivity, okay? They're not looking at the routers to see where information was going to and from, and they are not doing a canvas of the counties that uh, are going to be audited. Four counties, the most populous Republican and Democrat stronghold counties are going to be part of this audit. They are not looking at any of those four things. And those four things are the primary items that led to all of the discovery in Arizona, okay, and and what we're seeing in Georgia right now, okay, in Georgia. And no one seems to be talking about Georgia when I'm looking at other independents and I'm, I'm not talking about like on PILD or Foxhole, I mean, abroad, you know, no one seems to be talking about Georgia. Everyone is focused and they should be on Arizona or they're talking about uh, Pennsylvania or Michigan. But Georgia is so much closer to decertification than any of those other states. Uh, Arizona and Georgia, those two states, guys, are ready to flip like they are ready to flip like yesterday. And and we have seen so much evidence through the judiciary, through the courts coming out or through legislation via the Senate in Arizona that these two states can flip tomorrow, okay? They can flip tomorrow, but Texas is not taking care of that. Texas is not looking at that. Texas is not even thinking about it, but because they gave us this, what, three-page bulletin, uh, you know, a two-phase plan, it seems to suffice, and, you know, that's what I said. I respect and love President Trump for everything that he's done and stood for. And even this does not diminish my respect for him. Uh, but, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's why we have to stay on guard and we have to stay adamant because we as humans, all of us are fallible and uh, we make mistakes. But let it let there be no mistake. This is not a full-on forensic audit. This is, uh, we're going to check the work we did last November and uh, we're not going to dig any deeper than we have to, okay? And they just, all they, if you notice in that that, uh, physical examination, all they're looking at is the administrative stuff. They're not even looking at any of the ballots, none of that. They're looking at electronic images, like give me a break, okay? So anyways, that's all I had to say about that. I don't normally respond to President Trump's statements in such a way, but it was very, <laughs> it was very important for me to bring those points out because, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're not going to get away with doing a crap show audit in my state. That's bull. It's not going to happen. And uh, man, I got I got my work cut out for me getting that out there. I'm sure. I mean. If, I'm sure other people recognize if Seth Keschel comes out saying that this is sufficient, I will be surprised. I will. If Seth Keschel comes out and says that this is a sufficient audit, I will drop my trousers and bend over because this is not acceptable. And I apologize for that crass statement, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, with that said, (laughs) with that said, let's move on. Okay, let's just move on. Uh, There goes my beloved president and there goes his uh, beloved statement. (laughs) Let's talk about um, Durham, guys, because uh, Durham has been on the mind of a lot of people for quite some time. And it seems that uh, it it has broken wind. No, just kidding. The news has broken that uh, in addition to the uh, uh, indictment subpoena of uh, Michael Sussman, Again, the uh, cybersecurity uh, law expert who formerly represented um, Hillary Clinton and the DNC, the Clinton campaign. Um, there were other, there were other, other subpoenas that were issued at that time. Okay. Um, and. Uh, Oh, sorry. A quick distraction. Seize the day. 9-11 says uh, um, you should go over to Average Joe's channel and watch murder, spies, and election lies from yesterday morning. Uh, You know, that's, yeah, you know, that's very interesting. And um, um, actually I was, uh, was it last night or the night before? I think it was the last night. I think it was the night before I was hanging out in Average Joe's uh, during his show. And he does, uh, he does um, rapid fire news at uh, 10 p.m. Central time. Over at Foxhole and at uh, Pill.net, I would check it out for sure, guys. If you haven't already, good stuff, good stuff. Um, uh, he mentioned that he mentioned "murder spies" and "election lies." Incidentally, uh, seize the day 9/11." I don't know if you know where that came from, but um, it, it's actually it's actually off of Sydney Powell's website. Um, but we will get to Sydney Powell later on in the show tonight. Uh, I have not seen it yet, so I'm going to take you up on your recommendation, Seize today 911 9 also on um, uh, Joe Patriot's um, recommendation. I can't wait to see it, but we're going to dip into Sydney Powell at the end of the show or towards the end of the show. So just hang tight, guys, and we'll be there. Good evening, Deborah Erdman. Hi, Patriot. Uh, hi, Patriot. Uh, Plant Patriot. I want to say Patriot Plant. <laughs> hi, Patriot. Plant Patriot, and uh, welcome into the show, Veronique. Good evening. Uh, Veronique is voting for Alan West. I'm pretty sure I'm right there with you, my friend. Okay, and Christina Fontana seems to get a kick out of Lieutenant oh Lieutenant Dan! <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just like, she gets a kick out of Lou. I was like, he is goofy looking. Like he looks like, like, you know, a nerd boy out of high school that uh, was not popular. Uh, but no, Lieutenant Dan, I got you, girl. I got you. Okay. Let's talk about John Durham and his subpoenas. Okay. So, all right. So now we know, Um, you know, Durham is, uh he's back on the, tr- he's back on the wagon, right? He's, he's uh back on the train. He's, uh he's being, he's become more active now. Uh, last month, incidentally on my birthday, he had a, filed the subpoenas indictments uh, for this Michael Sussman guy. At the same time, he also issued a set of subpoenas um, and what has been let out or, or what we are privileged to know, I should say, uh, because the uh, the news outfit that uh, got the scoop on this was the Communist News Network. OK, and uh, so so now everybody knows because the Communist News Network, uh, you know, talked about it and now everyone knows that in addition to the Michael Sussman indictment uh John Durham also issued a set of subpoenas um including a uh, including a few that were linked to da Perkins Coy the uh, former DNC and Hillary Clinton campaign law firm, uh, they who supported them. Uh, Now, according to the CNN report, right, so take it with a grain of salt, right? It needs a lot of seasoning. uh, They said a special counsel, John Durham, issued a new set of subpoenas, including to a law firm with close ties to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, an indication that Durham could be trying to build a broader criminal case. I don't think, huh? And uh, it says, according to people briefed on the matter, Durham so far has issued two, um, uh, has issued uh, this subpoena. And uh, this has been part of a two-year probe into the FBI's Russia investigation that has not brought the cases Republicans have hoped for. Okay, well, enough of your little poo-poo party there, CNN. Um, uh, Basically, what we're seeing here is that uh, some of these subpoenas were issued earlier this month, um, um, and they demand documents from the powerful Democrat law firm, Perkins Coy, uh, and that is a a big piece of it. Now, what uh, documents they are demanding, we don't know. Um, What the scope of the subpoenas are in regards to Perkins Coy? We don't know. And also what we do not know is what additional subpoenas were issued at this time. All we know at this point is that Perkins Coy has been subpoenaed for documents. And I would assume it's in regards to their activities, probably with Michael Sussman, because if you guys remember when we were going through the analysis of that indictment, uh there was a lot of mention about Perkins Coy and also uh Michael Sussman and other characters colluding together. In fact, let's kind of explore that. Let's get this guy on the screen. Now, uh, this guy here, his name is uh what's your name, sir? Rodney Joffe uh you know like joffey joffer no just kidding it's <laughs> Rodney Joffey now okay so Rodney Joffey you might remember we mentioned during that analysis of the indictment that uh he was being referred to in the legal paperwork as tech executive number one. So basically at this point what we're finding is that because there was speculation were they talking about Rodney Joffey of uh of New Star or were they talking about uh, the whoever was leading Go Ogle at that time? Because they uh, people were speculating they could have been talking about Google, Go Ogle or Google. I call it Go Ogle because they Ogle us um, uh, as in a reference to tech executive number one. So uh, <clears throat> uh, what it, has what come out pretty much is that this... Was referring to Rodney Joffe. So uh, you know, in addition to the Clinton campaign, and this is the reason why Michael Sussman, he didn't just represent the Clinton campaign; he also represented Rodney Joffe. Okay, and uh, Rodney Joffe at that time was a senior vice president at the Virginia-based company, tech company, which again is called Newstar, um, and. Um, it was claimed that he had been tentatively offered the top cybersecurity job by the Democrats when it looked like they were going to win in 2016. Pretty interesting, huh? So the uh, Democrat party's like, Hey, Rodney Jaffe, uh, do you want to be the head of our uh, cybersecurity office here? Um, You know, uh, we're going to win. Well, you know, he refused the position because obviously Trump won. Now, um, (coughs) pardon me. Now, Jaffe, again, he is not named in the indictment, uh, but is referred to as tech executive number one. And according to the CNN report, the Communist News Network report, he also allegedly passed Sussman data in the summer of 2016 that suggested servers at the Trump organization were communicating with servers at Alpha Bank a Moscow-based financial institution. And of course, guys, you don't have to read the Communist News Network's report to figure that out. All you have to do is read the indictment like we did here at the C-Report to know that that's why this guy's being implicated. He gave uh, Sussman information uh, that supposedly linked Trump to Russia. And of course, we found that to be a lie. Now, in the indictment, also, we had Sussman Joffe and Mark Elias of Perkins Coy. So Mark Elias and Michael Sussman, both being of Perkins Coy, both formerly being of Perkins Coy, because as we know, Mark Elias splintered off in the nick of time to make his own Democrat progressive in the name of saving black people and votes law firm. And then also Sussman, he actually resigned shortly after he was charged. Um <clears throat> But then, but, but as I was saying, um, uh, according to the indictment, as we may remember, uh, Jaffe, Sussman, and Elias are um, a, a, a being alleged, and and it's interesting that's the wording of the uh, article: uh, alleged, supposedly, uh, without fact, um, were coordinating and communicating about the Alpha Bank, the Russian Alpha Bank, and uh, claiming that during telephone calls and meetings they were talking about this while they were also um, billing those phone calls and also being paid by the Clinton campaign. Now, I read probably like three or four different articles on this topic today. And all of them, guys, all of them are pretty much saying the same thing, which is, uh, you know, alleged, you know, supposed uh, in a perfect world, you know, Sussman, Joffe, and Mark Elias were working together uh, under the Clinton campaign. But what they, I would say either what they failed to realize, but that's being nice. Uh, but what I think that they are intentionally doing is, you know, that if a high powered attorney like John Durham was going to say something, you know, in an indictment, He would not be saying that based on speculation. And that's the way that all of these articles paint that picture. It's like, uh, if you're an attorney who's getting paid $800 an hour to give advice, you're going to listen to that advice, right? Well, if you are a high-powered attorney who's going to throw down an indictment indicating that uh, Sussman, Jaffe, and Elias were coordinating and communicating these details about Alpha Bank and were being uh, billed, uh, billing it to the Clinton campaign. You're not just saying that to saying that you're not just saying that to speculate. You're not just saying that to try and build up some kind of boogeyman. I would say, uh, two years of, 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 um, you know, Durham disappearing. Uh, he was probably investigating and dealing with all of the different lawfare tactics that were slowing down his investigation behind the scenes that we will not know, or we cannot know until, you know, the book comes out, which I'm sure there will probably be a book in a year or two. I wouldn't doubt it, but, um, getting back onto topic, a lot of these, um, a lot of these articles, a lot of these, uh, outlets uh from the lamestream mainstream fake news legacy media don't even um don't even give their readers the uh insight or 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 they just don't give them anything they just they're like oh this is all bs he's just speculating uh we don't know why he put this in the indictment you know and and it's like oh well you can't know because guess what good guys, don't leak. So we're not going to tell you what we've been doing for the last two years. We're going to hold everyone in suspense, even those who are depending on you. So anyways, um, through this indictment, of course, Jaffe is not being accused of any type of criminality. Uh, But of course, Sussman has also allegedly pitched the allegations to media outlets. Of course, this is also according to the indictment. Now you see here, it says Sussman also allegedly pitch the allegations to media outlets. And that seems to me that I remember the language of the indictment saying something like they had, uh, they had contacted two reporters from the New York Times and that the reporters corroborated with the investigators that Sussman was in fact giving them that information. That's in the language of the indictment. But yet this article wants to say that he allegedly pitched it because they have to put some type of reasonable doubt in the reader's mind. Again, and this is all about curving and and shaping and manipulating public perception and public opinion. And this is a big concept that we have addressed minutely here at the C-Report, and that again is this. It doesn't matter what the truth is. If public perception and opinion is not on board with it, even if it is the truth from the Bible or the Constitution itself, it doesn't matter. If public opinion is against it, it will never fly, okay, because majority rules, and that's what these globalist deep state jerks depend on in order to keep moving forward. And that's why they have the entire propaganda media machine that is known as the television and Hollywood and books and, and music because they need you propagandized with everything to set you off the path. So that this way they can tell their lies and you will believe them. Even if you know in your soul that it is the truth, everyone else sees it the other way. So they must be right. And that's just, that's, I don't know. That's some kind of uh, that's some kind of like, I don't know, socio philosophical something or other that I'm tapping into there. But that's what they depend on. That's why they take polls. That's why they have ratings. That's why they do all that stuff, because they as long as there's a percentage point above what's against what they're believing, they will go with it. OK, they will go with it. So um, so this this article will tell you it's allegedly that uh, Sussman pitched this information out there. Um, and it even includes the New York Times names them here. Um, um, but still, you know, it's alleged it's alleged, you know, because they 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 don't have the leak to prove it otherwise. OK, uh, so uh, other than that, that's the that's kind of the meat of what we're finding out of these indictments. We've got um, we've got uh, Joffe named as uh, tech executive number one. And uh, that is, again, through a bit of deductive reasoning, not on my part, um, but also when uh, you research it and you put two and two together, you fi- figure out that Michael Sussman was representing him and the likes. Uh, so we'll see where that goes, guys. Again, we don't know just yet how much further that will run um, with, uh, what do you call it, uh, with whatever indictments uh, or subpoenas that, um, that uh, Durham has put out there. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out in due time. But what I can say, though um, you know, kind of to wrap this little package up here. Uh, what I can say though, is that, um, uh, it's, it's good to know guys. He did not just indict Michael Sussman. He also put out these subpoenas. Okay. And, uh, in doing so, I think, I think that is a good signal that, uh, they might be trying to move forward with this. And indeed there were other articles that were like, um, Merrick Garland just needs to, uh, to just needs to stop it. Like, uh, if, uh, John Durham hasn't brought him any kind of evidence that, uh, this, uh, Trump era witch, witch hunt, uh, you know, thing is going to bring anything fruitful about, then they just need to defund it. They just need to stop it. And even go so far as to say that, uh, jokers like Kevin Kleinsmith, who lied, on um on uh on uh, the FISA applications uh had no animus towards the United States of America or President Trump like bold faced lying word for word uh you know uh, uh um Kevin Kleinsmith uh he didn't have anything against Trump or America oh yeah well that's not what the IG report said and and that's not what Durham's investigation said whenever they were uh you know indicting Kevin Kleinsmith for lying on FISA applications it was quite clear. The man was like, uh, "The man was like, uh, I just started the countdown to the end of the republic. I never liked the republic, anyways.'" That was Kevin Kleinsmith, and that is your fake news, mainstream, mainstream legacy media lying to the people who will believe them and who don't remember. And that's how they work: projection and lies. It's uh, all the same thing. Um, all right, so uh, uh, speaking of IGs, let's talk a little bit about IG Horowitz. Um, a new article came out that showed that uh, the uh, Department of Justice Inspector General Horowitz found widespread errors in the FBI's FISA requests that they used to spy on Americans. Oh, you don't say? Oh, really? Um, there were errors on them, huh? Horowitz. Oh, uh, you know, at least two thirds of America didn't know this, but at least a third did. And we, of course, guys, we found out whenever, uh, Horowitz went in and Horowitz was a holdover. If I'm not mistaken, he's a, an Obama era holdover. So we kind of could assess that whatever this man was going to do, it might not be, uh, totally, uh, toward, uh, honesty and integrity that there might be something that he would skew, wrap up, or alter in some way. Well, I mean, we do know that Horowitz, uh, you know, came out and uh, talked about all of the uh, errors that they found on a particular application. Um, but also we know that uh, during the uh, indictment trial of um, of, uh, of Kleinstein, that uh, he almost refused to name uh, Kevin Klein uh, Smith, not Kleinstein sorry Klein Smith uh, because uh, he was supposedly what an FBI operative undercover which uh, ended up being BS because he was not working for them at that capacity he was working for the state, which means he's a public figure he cannot have his name withheld and that would have uh, that would have helped Klein Smith in the end. I mean several of the articles that I read today were talking about how Klein Smith might not have even been indicted. Had it not been for that little factoid that, uh, Durham's legal team uh, came up against in regards to this bloke here, uh, you know, Horowitz. But, uh, let's see what, uh, the, um, what the release said today in regards to, uh, these FISA errors from the FBI. It says, uh, the Justice Department Inspector General Thursday, faulted the FBI for widespread errors in its applications for surveillance authority, concluding that the Bureau failed to provide supporting documentation for sensitive wiretap requests. Building on a 2019 examination of the FBI surveillance of a former Trump aide, Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz, found that the Bureau did not include adequate support for 183 surveillance applications between 2015 and 2020, following a review of more than 7,000 such requests. The findings, Horowitz said, highlights the need for the FBI and DOJ to ensure rigorous supervisory review and robust oversight to help reduce the risk of erroneous information being included in Foreign Intelligence Surveys- Surveillance Act (FISA) applications. Yeah, don't think Horowitz. Like th- that's the thing here, guys. Is uh, yeah, I mean, and he—it's not his job to uh, indict or to point the finger. I mean, I guess, I guess, ultimately, what he's doing is just uh, searching for the flaws. Uh, but uh, kind of like some people were saying about the uh, Arizona audit, uh, are you going to say that uh, you should go back and hold these people accountable? That, that, that there should be some type of uh, of um, you know uh, there should be some type of um, um, punishment for what was happening, or, or is it too uh, systemic and intrinsic to worry with? Uh, we'll just get it right moving forward, right? Um, so that this way, uh, moving forward, when it doesn't count, you know, uh, we'll go ahead and make sure that this doesn't happen again. Well, I mean, I guess it could tell you coming from an operations background, that in big business, and I'm sure this would qualify in that kind of arena, even though it's public and not private, uh, they probably would do something like that they probably would be like well we can't go back and punish everybody because then we have to go back and punish everybody like for as long as we've been doing uh, these uh, FISA warrants and applications which I think goes back to like the 1970s if I'm not mistaken so they'll just yeah the uh, 1978 uh, FISA was enacted in 1978 so they they will just course correct moving forward never mind that all of this uh, all of these bad activities happened with the intent of to remove a duly elected president. Uh, and and if you want to go deeper than that, in the pursuit of assisting uh, one of our greatest national enemies, whether you want to call it China or whether you want to call it uh, the deep state, globalist, uh, technocratic, uh, internationalists, right? The international playboys, whatever they are. Uh, they are all our greatest enemy here stateside. And um, uh, they're not going to call him out for it. Uh, clearly, they're not. Um, the thing. The thing about this new report also um, is that uh, Horowitz completely ignores the findings of the Kleinsmith FISA applications, right? And and does not even go into that. And and does not even mention it. He doesn't even mention that he found 138 surveillance applications between 2015 and 2020 what's what's what what is the what is what is the thing that stands out the most about that uh, that that range of years right who was it that was in office during 2015 or just uh, after you know and, and and up through 2020 right why, why don't we have any discrepancies prior to 2015 that were examined. Why is it just there? 183, 183, with no mention of the fact that uh, uh, who, in fact, were these uh, spy warrants being set out upon? Uh, Did they happen to be, uh, you know, constitutional Republicans? Do they happen to be people in, I don't know, President Trump's administration? Do they happen to be people in his uh, sphere of influence? Do they happen to be his family members? Uh, Horowitz could you not uh, you know maybe draw between the lines or kind of perceive that uh, there might be something to it was there not a pattern that you thought might have existed based on these 2015 to 2020 warrants or 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 are we to believe that you know there was a fair mix of uh, Democrats and Republicans in that uh, those their warrants that were messed up I mean come on no mention whatsoever I think it'll be interesting to note how that will turn out as we move forward. I think, yep, quite interesting. Quite interesting indeed. All right, so let's get off that topic, guys, and we will move on into election integrity for tonight. Moving right along. It's 8.30, 6 p.m. Texas time. I think we're doing some good time today. Trying to be... uh Trying to be of timeliness today. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Ha <laughs> Narco Hump Home TV. I could not tell you when we're going to get rid of all of these uh, corrupt individuals. But uh, don't lose uh, a sense of patience and keep your faith. Bill Tech, good evening. Welcome into the show. And uh, let's see here. Ha. <laughs> Planet Patriot. That's, that's too funny. All right, guys. Uh, let's see what's next. So, yeah. Election Integrity. Uh, For that, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking about uh, Maricopa County to start. Now, uh, it seems that um, in the light of everything that's happened with the Maricopa County um, audit report coming out, all that valuable information, um, and um, I guess the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors finding that they are required to, that they have to, not that they want to, but they had to settle with the senate and and in some way comply with uh, the subpoena that they issued um the uh, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has uh finally issued a statement <clears throat> and again guys uh, we haven't covered Maricopa in about 2 days so uh um, they issued a statement uh saying that they would answer all of their questions uh now i don't know what scope of Questions they plan on answering because their statement doesn't really clarify that. It basically sounds like a pouty child who's not getting their way and is absolutely upset that they have to comply. A little temper tantrum. A- keeping in mind that the uh, Arizona Senate. They litigated. They fought. Uh, you know, they went through. Uh, you know, the media for this. They went through lies. Uh, They went through scandalous leaks um, and a whole bunch of taxpayer dollars wasted uh, for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to uh, finally issue a technical response to their audit report. Now, uh, this response will reportedly answer the questions raised and address the anomalies that uh, the county claims were not fully investigated. Um, And the Arizona Senate, again, they've been asking these questions basically for three-fourths of a year, almost a year, that they were waiting for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. That is those fools right there. You want to see them behind bars? Yeah, that's them. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. They should all be in prison because they lied, 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 amongst other things, for a fact. Um, But yes, so now we have, of course, uh, we have the attorney general who is basically really breathing down their throat, much to his credit. Um, And um, AG Brnovich, as you guys may know, uh, issued two statements, I believe this past Monday or Tuesday, um, asking uh, the Arizona Senate to uh, send over specific materials regarding the Arizona audit and also he sent a notice over to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, otherwise known as I think a, um, a hold request, asking that they preserve all their documents and any materials um, regarding the election in 2020. So uh, I guess just a few hours after uh, Brnovich sent them that statement and they received it, they uh, issued this statement. And uh, we'll just peruse that a little bit here, just so you can kind of get a sense of what kind of childish uh, uh, mannerisms these people have. Uh, It says, uh, with the Senate's review of Maricopa County's elections complete, the county today announced it will provide a comprehensive technical report in the coming weeks. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm expanding it. But for you guys, it says it took the cyber ninjas more than five months to complete this report. And it will take us time to responsibly gather all the facts and answer the questions raised. But we're committed to providing a comprehensive and accurate response. OK, childish, like uh, we don't or or at least uh, I don't know, shamefully, passively aggressive. Um, It says, uh, it says, uh, it took the cyber ninjas more than five months to complete. (laughs) Like we know how long it took Maricopa County. Like, uh, do you really need to put that in the statement? Are you just trying to qualify the time that you're going to take in order to create lies to cover up the stuff that you did? Because quite frankly, the questions that the, uh, that the uh, Arizona Senate have for these guys, they should be able to find quickly. They should not need to investigate. They should not need to go and search them out it should be uh it should be pretty uh it should be pretty accessible to them it should be pretty accessible to them but again this is the uh, maricopa county recorder steven Richer. you know the guy who said that he was going to take out uh adrian fontes because he was corrupt as a uh, county recorder and clerk and uh he was doing everything backwards and he was uh you know he was uh he was uh just you know defying everything that is american And now richer has pretty much come to be the same thing. And this is him and his little crying wow ass. Okay. So then he says, uh, for months we were told the audit's mission was to provide an accurate count What what went almost ignored in last week's presentation was the Cyber Ninjas agreed with Maricopa County's results. Joe Biden won Maricopa County in the 2020 election. The work of hardworking professionals in Maricopa County was confirmed. And we thank the Senate for confirming what we've said since November of last year. Now, here's something else. And I think this guy, they're pretty stupid at this point. They're pretty stupid. Because if... if, (laughs) It just gets me in such a way, guys, because yes, they confirmed, and and even to the benefit of Joe Biden, that uh, what the county said the election results were was in fact what the count turned out to be. Now they're just looking at the count, okay? The count. not, not not, including if within that count there are fake ballots or duplicated ballots or dead voters or ghost voters or, or you know, voters from Mars. The point is... America, maybe steven Richer is so compartmentalized he doesn't realize what the fraud entailed maybe it was to keep his innocence in case they put him under a uh what one of those uh those um uh, lie detector tests they're like well steven richard we can't tell you about the details because if they put you in a lie detector test it could uh it could it could it could it could be uh, detrimental to us and so then now he's like uh he's like that's right uh our count was accurate. But what the fool doesn't realize is that, yeah, your count was accurate. And because it's accurate, that double proves the fraud. Because here's the fraud and the fraud is included in that count. And you're admitting to it, which means basically you're admitting to committing fraud. Okay, so idiot. Idiot, idiot, idiot. Hey, Corpses4171986. Welcome, says, uh, hello, everyone. I've been waiting, watching them for a long time now. Mm-hmm. We all have, my friend. Welcome over there at Twitch. And uh, so jumping back into this, um, that, do you guys not agree that that is, they're pretty dumb? <laughs> do you guys not agree that they are pretty dumb? Like, the, 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 they're, they're dumb. Like, this is dumb. Like, well, I just can't guys. Okay. So, uh, it says on Friday, the, uh, County provided real-time responses to many of the allegations made by the Senate's contractors. This technical report will provide a deeper dive into the County's early ballot and tabulation process. It will also include election staff's research into the actual voter IDs included in the Senate's review the county's technical response will address many of the anomalies that stumped the Senate's contractors but appear not to have been fully investigated by their team. Now, I find it quite enriching that they would say such a thing. And I'll tell you why now. And uh, we're not going to read the rest of this letter because it's just a bunch of more crying wow-ass, okay? These guys um, clearly think, I I don't know, uh, maybe they are just faking it until they make it right I mean that's the only thing I could figure at this point as long as we believe we will cross the finish line okay it, it, it's pretty it's pretty reasonable to believe that. I mean uh as long as they show no crack in their uh, in their dedication to their stories, hopefully their uh, bosses will take care of it off screen right like we just got we just gotta play the part and they will hand handle everything behind the scenes is kind of maybe what I'm thinking that they're thinking, right? Okay. Or maybe not. I don't know. Let's see here what we got. Oh, we got this. And this ties right in to this technical report that Maricopa County is supposed to be doing. We have uh, one, um, uh, um, Senator Kelly Townsend. Now I know you guys have, uh, heard about Senator Kelly Townsend before. Um, Townsend, who's also been, uh, very strong on, um, doing these election audits and, um, you know, um, respecting the will of the Arizona constituency, as well as the people of America. She is actually, um, she's actually issued, um, a, uh, she's actually issued a document to A.G. Brnovich. Okay. Now, um, Kelly Townsend has submitted um, a document 1487, okay, to A.G. Brnovich. Now, some of you all may remember um, 1487 is actually the same item that uh, Senator Sonny Borelli submitted to A.G. Brnovich in order to make, to force the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to uh, turn over, to um, adhere to the subpoenas that the state Senate had requested. And you remember, you guys, if they didn't do it, they had 30 days to comply once the AG initiated it. And if they didn't, they stood to lose millions of dollars uh, from their county. Okay, so uh, Kelly Townsend submitted one of these also. And uh, Kelly Townsend's um, submission of the 1487 document is, uh, it, it's specifically regarding Forcing the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to answer all the technical questions that they have not answered since the Senate started asking them, and this goes back to before they had that initial hearing. You guys remember that initial hearing that they had? Oh God, when was this? Back in June or July, maybe. It was the uh, it was the preliminary hearing report where they were like uh, they called uh, they called Maricopa County out. And they were going to ask them questions about some of the discrepancies they found. Most of these discrepancies had to do with uh, the ballot count, and also the chain of uh, the the chain of custody documentation. And how the, uh, ballot batches were not matching the numbers of the ballots in the boxes, stuff like that is what they were going to ask them. And then if you may recall, Maricopa County was like, we're not going to that hearing. And they chose not to go. And then the hearing ended up just being, uh, you know, um, um, Karen fan and Doug Logan and Ben Cotton and, uh, and also, uh, Kenneth uh, Bennett, uh, sitting there and, um, she asking them questions and them answering Maricopa County didn't show up. They didn't want to be a part of that. They got their uh, they got their fraud-ridden uh, attorney, uh, Alistair Adel, who's currently under investigation. Actually, I think that Alistair Adel's been removed, but he's uh, under investigation. So um, anyhow, that's what that happened then. Now we have uh, this, this here, guys. Think about all the questions that Karen Fann had for Maricopa County and all of the evidence that they were preliminarily presenting from the audit team. And uh, mm, yeah, well, Maricopa County has not answered any of these questions. And now you have a little, little wow wow cry-cry boy, Stephen Richer, and the rest of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors saying that they're going to give them a technical report. Well, let's see what Kelly Townsend had to say when she issued this 1487 ruling to the Attorney General Branovich. Now, the reason why she did this is because just like the mainstream, lamestream fake news legacy media ran away with the headline, uh, Joe Biden actually won by more, and it proved that Trump was wrong because we're looking at the county's count versus the actual count, which is accurate without including all the fraud. So they did a good job of making sure they had every ballot to represent what the final number said. Minus about, I guess, 200, 99 and 100 and something for, you know, President Trump. Discrepancy of about 200 ballots, that's not too bad when you have 2.1 million ballots, right? <sighs> not including the fraud. Well, Senator Paul Boyer, who we all know is a big old booger, you know, like a he's like a streak on the underoos of Arizona Senate. Like uh, Paul Boyer, who's been anti-Trump, anti-audit, anti-everything for America, just downright might as well be a communist sympathizer. Paul Boyer sent an email to all his colleagues in the Senate saying, hey, 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 the audit proved that uh, Joe Biden won i'm a republican rhino right and then uh you know he he was like and if that were if if if, if that was any fraud uh, we'd have seen he said if there was any fraud we would have seen something during the report i don't know what paul boyer was paying attention to probably paul boyer and michelle Eugenti were off in the corner doing something but then again that could probably be wrong because we all know that paul boyer was hanging out with that gay pedophile that got indicted that was kicked off the senate right can't remember his name. It was like, uh, what, Tony-o, Tony something or other. Anyways, so uh, <clears throat> uh, getting back into uh, Kelly Townsend. Now, that, that chapped Kelly Townsend something. And uh, Kelly Townsend responded this way. Uh, this is either off her Facebook or her Twitter. Not an official statement. Uh, but she did say, uh, perhaps this is a little late for him. However, I have chosen to submit a 1487 complaint to the Attorney General's office asking for a formal investigation into the unanswered questions that were raised by the summer audit preliminary report, as well as last Friday's final report. Because this is a 1487 request, it is required by law for these questions to be investigated and answered within 30 days. Keeping in mind that little cry, cry, wow, wow, Stephen Richer's like, uh, it's going to take us some time. It took them five months, right? Okay, well, we'll see if you want to lose some money in your county, Stephen Richer, and have your entire constituency blame you for it. Um, she says, I did ask a multitude of questions. However, I believe we already have the answers that were obtained by the audit committee. It should not take the full 30 days, but if it does and takes longer, I will reissue a new 1487 to reset the clock for the information for more time-consuming issues. I am not satisfied with unanswered questions and unreported issues. I want to know what laws were broken, who broke them, and who will be held accountable. So this is already in the office of the AG. Is the AG addressing this? I don't know. But just so you guys know, she issued this 1487 prior to the AG telling Maricopa County Board of Supervisors to retain all of their documentation. Um, now, the uh, 1487 and the questions that Kelly Townsend had for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and keep in mind, guys, this is all documentation that they should have on hand. They should not need to conduct an investigation. They should not need to go in and ask questions or, you know, at the most, maybe uh, go through some computer files and dig through some paper files. But all of this should be at their disposal specifically Stephen Richer, as the uh, county recorder and the county clerk who typically is uh, heading up elections, he should already know this stuff off the top of his head. Now there are a lot of questions on this 1487 request. There are a lot of questions like I'm like, dang, those are a lot of questions. but um, I highlighted some of uh, a few questions I thought you know were worth uh, pondering. Um, who were the suppliers of paper for both Runbeck printed ballots? And you guys remember Runbeck is the election service agency that we talked about a couple of episodes ago uh, who received the uh, list of voters, print the ballots and send them to the post office to be mailed out. She wants to know who were the paper suppliers for them and on the day of the election um, ballots of any kind She wants to know if Dominion supplied any paper for those ballots. She wants to know if they did to please provide purchase orders to show where the paper came from and if it made the standards of the statutes of the state of Arizona. Um, She wants to know if at any time, if any precinct needed to buy paper that ran out on election day, and if so, which precincts ran out of paper and where did Maricopa County uh, procure additional paper? And who was responsible for supplying that paper, and do we have an explanation to why it ran out? Uh, Maricopa County said they used vote-secure paper by Roland. Please provide purchase orders and which vote-secure paper that was used, where, and when. And as a member of the Arizona Senate, she also received information regarding irregular ballots that were inserted among the other ballots. She wants to know if these ballots were being logged and tracked in official logbook, and uh, wants them to report back on how many of those anomalies were found and what the logs say about them. Additionally, she wants to know where the vote tallies were on those ballots. Um, In regards to signature and um, envelope issues, she wants to know if Maricopa County fulfilled statutory requirements for signature verification on all counted ballots, including the official canvas, the one that uh, MSM and everyone's running away with, their panties down their legs. She uh, also wants to know about signature issues and whether or not they were reported in the recent audit conducted by the Senate. Um, because she said in that report, it included the following problems. There were completely blank signatures that were accepted in the vote, there were nearly blank signatures that were accepted in the vote tally, and there were also scribbled signatures that did not match envelope to ballot included in the county tally. Okay. Um, What else are we looking at here? Uh, Duplicate ballots. Uh, She says, uh, in the Dr. Shiva presentation of the Arizona audit, it was reported that there were 17,322 duplicate voter envelopes submitted in the final canvas of the elections. She wants to know, A, what is the party affiliation of those voters and can we contact them and ask them whom they voted for? And I don't know if they can do that because I think that's already like a violation of what? Merrick Garland's DOJ rules. Anyways, and then the other thing she wants to know is, did they knowingly submit too many ballots and will they be held accountable if so? Um, And also, why were these voters allowed to keep their duplicate ballots or their duplicate votes as part of the official Canvas 17,322 duplicate votes. Why did Maricopa County allow those duplicates to stay as part of their official tally? And she wants to know who is responsible for removing the duplicates and if they will be held accountable. Chain of custody. She wants to know, she wants them to provide evidence that all chain of custody documents required by law were adhered to and preserved. For inspection and audit, and if those documents do not exist or are not available, she wants to know who is legally responsible for that failure. Data security. Um, the elections procedure manual requires that the application shall provide distinct security roles with separate usernames and secure passwords for each user or station. She wants them to provide evidence that require that uh. Re- She wants to provide evidence that that requirement was followed in Maricopa County as it relates to all login and password requirements system-wide. Internet history. She wants to know if the EMS electronic management systems server and the electronic management system client workstations, um, pardon me, uh, were connected to the Internet. Um, and, uh, she also wants to know if they were connected to the internet, if that was a violation of Arizona resolution, section 16 and the elections procedure manual. She wants to know if the Dominion voting tabulation machines had the capability of being connected to the internet. Again, something that we're not looking at in Texas, right? Uh, but we didn't use Dominion. We probably just used one of their, you know, affiliates. Um, and she also wants to know if at any time, any of the voting machines were connected to the int- uh, internet uh, finally, um, adjudicated ballots. Uh, in the audit, she says they learned that some of the adjudicated ballots were missing serial numbers. She wants to know if um, uh, oh they were missing serial numbers, they had wrong serial numbers, or they had obstructed serial numbers. She wants to know if they know how many ballots did not meet the requirements of um, that resolution requiring that. So, I mean, I guess, uh, Stephen Richards cry, cry, wah, wah little letter there's because it's going to take them some time to make up, uh, you know, all of this documentation. Think about it. 2.1 million ballots. And now they're being asked to have documentation on missing, wrong or obstructed serial numbers. And that's just one of the tasks because they didn't think to do that before. Otherwise, guys, like I said, that information should be at their disposal, meaning it shouldn't take that long unless they're uh, fabricating it on the spot. Uh, Guys, I just read off a whole laundry list of questions that she has, and I'm hoping that uh, this um, 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 1487 uh, complaint that she's issued with AG, Uh, is what inspired them to um, respond with that technical request. And um, I'm sure that they are going to regret ever accepting or doing or performing or whatever the reason is why they did what they did. None of us can really, all we can do is speculate about why these idiots in Maricopa County, the Board of Supervisors, thought that they could get away with this crap. But I'm sure they are not sleeping well Tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, man, that is a hoot and that is a holler. Uh, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, jumping back into the chat. Good evening, Day Tripper. Good to see you. It's a quiet uh, Friday night. And Deborah Erdman, how are you doing? What about all the deleted files on the computer today before they? They gave it over. Okay. All right. She also covers that in her 1487 deleted files. She says, please investigate all reports of deleted files at Maricopa County for the 2020 general election. The county has explained that these deleted files were regarding a different election and were being archived. Please verify the validity of this information. Also, please provide proof these files exist in archive. Also, did the auditors or subcontractors find that there was a program created to specifically remove and purge files of the 2020 election? If so, who implemented it? And that's what you've got right there. <laughs> All right. Hey, W.C. Cranop. Good evening, sir. Are you the ghost or are you talking about someone else? Uh- <laughs> Okay, cool. Awesome. And Deplora Laura is also joining us over at uh, Twitch. Good evening, Deplora. Good evening. Hey, I would never blame foil for such a thing. I hope you told her hello for me. (laughs) Tell you what, Deplora Laura, anytime, uh, anytime you're over at uh, foil, you better tell her Mr. C says a big old happy, goofy hello, and I love you and I miss you. (laughs) Uh, And if we're good with that, it's a deal. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, you know, WC Cranop, it's so funny that you just dropped into the chat because we're about to have a swamp creature viewing. I don't know what it is about you, WC. You just bring out the swamp creatures. (laughs) Okay, guys. So what I'm going to play for you guys right now is going to be an interview with none other than the uh, uh, loathsome... Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of Snakes over there in Arizona, uh, just to give us an idea again of this entire narrative that these liberal lefties run with, okay? Like these swamp creatures who lie to everyone till they're blue in the face. I want, I want you guys to see this. Now, this is an, uh, this is off of MSN or MSDNC. This woman is probably going to be the next Rachel Maddow and she'll probably have more credibility because she don't have an Adam's apple and she doesn't look like a dyke. But to be sure, she's got all that vigor and vim and all that dedication to her paycheck, right? And, uh, anyways, let's see what she, cause listen to what she says. Because you guys know when you're out there in the field, when you're out there in your day-to-day IRL in real life, and you're talking about the Arizona audit, this is what you will hear the zombies say. And so, we shall refute them, but with this example. Oh, hey, where'd y'all go? No, just kidding. I'm just uh, reconnecting my uh, thing here to make sure you guys get the ultimate in sound quality. There we go. Okay. Here we go, guys.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Alicia Menendez, and we begin with fraud at 2.0. Donald Trump in Georgia this hour, stumping for a former NFL running back and possible 2022 Senate candidate, Herschel Walker, who hopes to unseat Raphael Warnock. Given the former president's relationship with the facts, we're not going to be carrying his speech live, but we'll bring you updates if warranted. One thing that is clear, he will work to further his own big lie about stolen elections and unproven voter fraud. Despite that election audit in Maricopa County, Arizona, wrapping up and yielding the kind of results no Republican should want to promote, not just because of the shady process by which it was conducted, but because it found even more votes for President Biden, confirming what we already knew. Donald Trump lost Arizona. Here's how cyber ninjas revealed the news to state election officials.
2: If we take a look at the presidential race, um, Trump actually loses 261 votes from the official votes. Um, Biden gains 99 and Jorgensen loses 204 votes. Um, And again, um, these are all, you know, very small numbers when we're talking about 2.1 million ballots. These are very small discrepancies.
0: pausing it there okay you guys noticed of a 3 hour hearing this is the sound clip this is the sound bite this is the this is the cherry picked portion that everyone's going to run away with their count matched up with the county's count so just like all the other fraudits that Wisconsin does that New Hampshire did that Georgia did that Michigan did that all of them did, right? All they did was recount the ballots to make sure they added up to their official count. Ooh, that's not an audit. That's a recount. Okay. Now that is, that's the piece that they're running away with. So when you hear the zombies out there say, oh, but, um, it showed that Biden won or, oh, but, um, um, the audit showed that the counts were similar. That is the talking point that they are running wild with right now. And that woman said it pretty clear compared to everything else I've read uh, to understand. But uh, just so you guys see it, just so you guys hear it, just so you guys know how to fight that talking point. That is the count, and it shows that they accurately committed fraud.
1: After five months six million dollars from Trump supporters and hundreds of thousands in taxpayer dollars, a pro-Trump audit found Trump lost worse than first thought, which, again, you would think would shut down the entire circus. But that is because you live in reality where truth matters and democracy is more important than partisan survival. That is not where Republicans are. To them, the disastrous Arizona audit was a success worthy of reproduction. And that's why Texas listened to the demands of Donald Trump, ordering audits of 2020 election results in four counties. Now, remember, Trump won Texas, which brings us to a question worth asking. If frauds are happening in Arizona, in Texas, in Wisconsin, possibly even Pennsylvania, will it happen in your state too? Joining me now, Arizona Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. Thank you so much for being with us. So in the end, the tally from the fraud, almost the same as the official
3: results. How can the GOP look at this and think it's a win? Well, I don't know how anyone can look at this entire exercise and take it seriously. I mean, we've seen all along how fraught it's been with problems from lack of transparency, huge security lapses, uh, and just the fact that a lot of what they were trying to carry out was based on just unfounded conspiracy theories. And uh, their report yesterday uh, echoed a lot of these um, conspiracy theories and talked about anomalies, uh, which are easily explained by people who understand how elections run. So you know this whole thing has just been a sham. We knew that, uh, and. Nobody should take it seriously.
1: One of the most important clauses of the statement there by people who actually understand how elections are run. There were missteps, as you said, by Cyber Ninjas throughout the entire process. And at a hearing for the final release of the report, Cyber Ninjas CEO Doug Logan blamed some of his firm's sloppiness on a lack of cooperation from Maricopa County. Your response?
3: Look, Maricopa County did everything they could to comply with this, but it was simply unnecessary and i think it's important to remind folks that this entire exercise was enabled by elected leaders of the state of arizona who are clearly running the state by conspiracy theory and this kind of partisan activity this this partisan posturing is is keeping us from dealing with real issues arizonans are simply tired of this they are they We have real problems and issues that need to be dealt with and our leaders are failing us on that. That's why I'm running for governor uh, because we have work to do and I wanna get the job done and folks can join me in that at katiehobbs.org. But again, any leader who's contemplating taking further action based on this report or implementing an Arizona cell audit in their state should not be taken seriously as a leader.
1: I wonder where you see this going next, which state you see this going next to?
3: Well, we've already heard about Texas. Um, It looks like Pennsylvania is trying to launch something as well. Um, We've been having conversations around the country with other secretaries of state and election officials who are concerned about the ramifications um, and and trying to stop it. And my advice is take every legal pathway you have to do that. Um, I I think Maricopa County at this point probably wishes they had appealed the subpoena that would have gone a long way to. I to, just want to, to sound to so cute to and blah, 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 blah. I can't. And, 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 and conspiracy theories and,
0: and this election fraud. Yeah, Katie Schnobbs, Okay. This woman will not run an effective campaign behind bars. Um, but there you go. They, they uh, you know, uh, I mean, I watched a couple of interviews with her. I was looking for one in particular. Um, I had heard there was an interview or something where she said that she actually had retained the deleted information that uh, was removed from the machines. So I thought that would be pretty interesting to have, Uh, but I couldn't find it. But um, they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing uh, this entire lie. And, and really, you guys know it. I know it. They're digging their, their hole quite deep. I mean, they're digging their grave much deeper than it would have been. And, and it reminds us of that catchphrase. Uh, what is that catchphrase? Oh, yeah. Um, the cover up is usually worse than the lie. And like I said, uh, they want, if they want to claim the count is correct, and that's really the only defense that they have. And through that, um, through that, um, that lie, which is is just, um, it's truthful, but it's a lie. I mean, that, what, what kind of lie would you call that? It's not, uh, it's it's not a lie of omission. I guess it would be kind of a, like a lie of omission. Yes, the indeed there were this many ballots, uh, but uh, no one needs to pay attention to the fact that you know, three to four hundred thousand, if not more. I'm hearing. I mean. I was pretty fine with three to four hundred thousand of those ballots being fraudulent, but now I'm hearing numbers upwards of seven hundred thousand as being fraudulent. So um, yeah, I guess we will see where that goes. Um, but they've uh, to me they've they pretty much yeah. ah, shut up. To me, they've pretty much, um, they pretty much they pretty much put that nail in their coffin for themselves, you know, because they are uh, they are admitting the number. Which in the end is the number that includes all the fraud, but uh they're also I don't know. If you ask me, that also shows intent. They are intentionally trying to defraud because that is an intentional lie, and they have they have admitted to it. And that's just me and my opinion. Uh but uh, you know, for all that the mainstream media wants to say, for all that uh, you know, rhinos like Michelle Eugenti or Paul Boyer want to say, for all the lies that uh, Katie Schnobbs wants to say, like for all of that, ladies and gentlemen, they can can call it, they can say it, they can call it a fraud, they can call it conspiracy theory, they can call it uh, sloppy, they can call it uh, unprofessional, but nothing, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely nothing will be quite as impactful or as truthful than the words, the viewpoints, the statements that come from those who actually worked the audit there in Maricopa County at the uh, Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And uh, with that in mind, guys, uh, you know, we uh, have a brief video to share with you all in which the Arizona audit volunteers actually talk about what they saw while they were working the audit now keep in mind that during the time of the audit they were on a, um, a silence uh, they, they, they could not speak it was uh, it was a uh, they had to sign a waiver in, in which they could not share any type of information and um, well uh, we, along with those non-disclosure agreements that just meant that you um, the security and integrity of the audit would move forward. But now that the audit is complete, the volunteers, they are a talking. So I would rather have a first-hand witness uh, to this, and I would rather listen to them rather than, uh, you know, having someone like uh, Katie Hobbs and the mainstream, lamestream, fake news legacy media spill their lies out, heck, even more so than Karen Fan, these people were there on the ground as it happened. And uh, we're going to check that out right now. Uh, Now, just so you guys know, um, I will, for the podcast listeners, I will read uh, the words here. And then, uh, you know, I I won't read when they're not there, the words. Okay. All right. So, uh, because there are some words, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let's go ahead and get this going. Okay, and I will also remove the banner. All right, so uh, here it goes. Over 1,500 volunteers donated over 10,000 hours of their time to audit the 2020 presidential election in Maricopa County, Arizona. They have been under non-disclosure agreement until now
4: here are some of their stories we're trying to do not just for the state of arizona not just for the the voters but for the entire country whether you're white black hispanic italian asian it doesn't matter it's not a color thing it is a, a God-given right to us, and we have to protect that, that given right. If everything was done pristinely, there shouldn't be a problem. You should want it to say, let show really what the true numbers were and and, and, and dispel any any misconceptions. You would want that, but it's telling to me to say I don't want to know And I want to know, why don't you want to know?
0: The Maricopa County audit of the 2020 election was conducted from April 22nd to September 24th, 2021. 2.1 million ballots were processed by hand. All counters were Maricopa County residents who voted in the last election. Each person was run through a standard background check.
3: My name is Shauna. Schooling mother of five, and I was an observer at the Maricopa Audit.
5: I was part of the observer group. If you ever saw the videos, we were the ones in orange shirts.
4: I started the first day, and I worked up until yesterday.
6: I came in as an observer. We were just there basically as quality control to make sure everything was running smoothly in the way that it was supposed to run.
5: Just oversee and watch for any anomalies, anything that was repetitious anything that was out of the ordinary
6: people from every different occupation all walks of life were there wanting to help and work and find out the truth for their country my question was more
4: about the integrity of the election i just i had to find out the truth i had to find out if we could trust our election system
6: A lot of people believe that this physical recount of these ballots somehow justify or vindicate the county. The problem with that theory is is the only way to determine whether or not the ballots that were originally fed into the tabulator, and hear me when I say that, the ballots originally fed into the tabulator are the results we got is to look at the, the, the logs of the tabulators and compare them to that CVR record and then compare them to the ballot counts. The only way to ensure that is through those logs, which the county has now via Twitter admitted they deleted.
5: Maricopa County elections failed to control the election. They failed to do their job to make sure that 22 months, all of these documents were saved they got rid of them why did they do that well they did that because it overwrote the log files
6: there were a lot of things that we noticed that were not organic
5: the bubbles being filled in absolutely perfect was obviously not done by a human hand
6: as though they were printed
5: a human being didn't do that
6: ballots that were
4: you know that weren't weren't lined up The bullseye didn't line up.
0: That target should have been in that bullseye. The crosshairs would be here, and sometimes the mark would be over here.
5: The volunteers stop and look at a ballot. The paper was very, very thin.
4: The paper was really thin. I mean, because when they moved it, it's almost like it was just just really thin. It looks like someone had stained the ballots on purpose.
3: At times there were more than 50% of the ballot that was gone. Sometimes it was tw- only like a,
6: 25% of a ballot was there. It was very peculiar.
4: There were large pieces torn off of the ballots.
6: When a ballot is soiled, damaged, or otherwise marked and shifts into adjudication, the startling thing to point out is another human being is now determining your intent. They have now effectively voted for you.
0: Over 200,000 ballots were sent to adjudication I in Maricopa go go
6: and there were odd patterns. I questioned the patterns of repeats that I saw. That is an anomaly that was repeated over multiple days.
3: Seven of those ballots are for Biden, one for Trump seven for Biden, one for Trump, seven for Biden, one for Trump. That clearly doesn't, that's not statistically possible. If I had a box of all Bidens and I didn't want
4: to look like I had an all box of all Bidens, wouldn't I just like, and stick some in? We reported the patterns of the ballots. And um, of course we reported all of this to uh, the leads, but not quite sure if it actually got uh, into the report
5: the physical recount of the physical ballots pretty much aligned with what they claim. What they didn't tell you is behind the scenes, there were 17,000-plus duplicate mail-in ballots.
6: The audit has revealed that possibly well over 60,000 of these counted ballots are illegal ballots. And without further investigation, we do not know whether a ballot is legal or illegal, and that must be determined. And the the staggering difference in these numbers is way more than enough to alter and change every aspect of the outcome of this election.
3: We've had something very unique in this country and that we have freedom and that we get to decide who our president is, who our vice president is, who our elected officials are. We get to choose. Your vote,
4: Is your single most important right on earth here in the United States? And to have that stolen from you is, mm, I'm bringing me to tears. Um,
3: Excuse me. It's the most important thing.
4: The most important thing
3: we could do.
0: There were 57,000 ballots with serious issues identified. The presidential election in Arizona was decided by 10,457 votes. The audit in Maricopa County proved that the margin of error was greater than the margin of victory. The Arizona Attorney General requested numerous documents in support of an investigation and has requested that Maricopa County preserve all documents related to the election. What do you guys think about that? That is some strong testimony and uh, uh to be quite frank i mean that's what i'm talking about like nothing nothing else matters per se um i mean obviously right but um uh, when we're talking about you know uh, abortions even even the second amendment even the sacred sacred first amendment guys our vote Our vote, literally, in all symbolism and metaphor and even even straight up, realistically, represents our freedom and our sovereignty. And if they take that from us, this is why I railed so hard against Chip Roy yesterday. Because the man's all about, you know, 2A against red flag laws. You know, all that good stuff, but he thinks that uh, the federal government... Texas should submit to them when it comes to our vote. No, that is so important. And uh, I can understand why. Um, I can understand why some people will get emotional over it, you know, because it's it's literally, it, it is literally paramount to anything else. Anything else. If we don't have a vote, we don't have, Why why even bother fighting for anything else? So uh, it's a huge, huge deal, guys. It is a huge deal, and uh, that is some that is some very striking testimony. Uh, you will not hear it clearer than from anyone else, unless they worked themselves on that audit floor. You know those people, those brave people who are now who are now encapsulated into the history books as having participated in such an event, um, they will never, they will never forget. They will never forget that experience. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else could come of them or, or that, but, uh, very, 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 very striking testimony. Very striking guys. All right. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I thought maybe you guys might've seen that stuff. Uh, I've seen that already, but, uh, that broke, uh, that came out today. So I just thought I'd share it with you guys um, in the face of all of these lies and uh, false narratives that the mainstream media is trying to uh, plant onto everyone else and uh, their lies. Uh, but we are going to continue this. We're continuing with the voting, the the importance of the voting. We're almost there, guys. We're almost there at the end. I promise you. We won't be too much longer. (laughs) I try, y'all. I try. Uh, But thank you for hanging out. Thank you for sticking around and being part of the live audience. It's much appreciated. Uh, Just a real quick thank you to uh, Sean Joe for uh, Cookies times Dough. Um, And then also uh, Just V, thank you for gifting the ship. Uh, Come on, everyone. Mr. C has to get to Vegas. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate that. Yeah, don't forget, guys. We're doing a little kind of a fundraiser this week, probably through tomorrow. Uh, just to help, um, um, donations to help us uh, while we're in Las Vegas uh, covering the Forgotten Country. Uh, Patriot Double Down. Thank you just to for the ship. W.C. Cranop, thank you for the fleet. W.C. Thank you so much. You guys don't have to do. I uh, appreciate you. And uh, uh, I see your ship and raise you a fleet. Ah, don't start that now. <laughs> the next thing you know, we're going to have a cookie fight. Uh, everyone's going to be tossing their cookies. It's been a minute since we've had a, uh, a food fight in the cafeteria, right? Anyways, Shanzhou, thank you for the cookies as well. One, two, and three. Much appreciated. And uh, Lois, thank you so much uh, for um, um, uh, sending some love over to the Cash App. Um, I, I do appreciate uh, your support. And uh, like I said, guys, it's it's all for uh, the purposes of this uh, show and broadcast, this, this channel, Mr. CTV, the Mr. C channel. Uh, and all of the different shows that I produce, uh, we'll be doing Mister C in the Dark tonight. After the show, by a few hours, depending on how quick I get off the screen, it might be less than that. But we'll be back either way. And uh, I'm sure it'll be a fun program slash show slash broadcast for you all. I always have a good time with you guys, and uh, it's great to be uh, it's great to have you as part of the audience. Um, but yeah, yeah, those people who actually work that audit, man, that is some powerful stuff. That is some powerful stuff. If you are listening on the podcast side, you need to get your butt over to pill.net or the foxhole.app and look this episode up so you can check that video out. Um, Or you can find it on Rumble. (laughs) But either way, Either way, okay. So here, uh, okay. Two more stories. This next one is a brief one, and then we're going to get into Sydney Powell. Now, the Sydney Powell one is quite a whopper, guys. I'm telling you guys, it's quite a whopper. But uh, let's talk about this one first. Ah, who is that on the screen? It's that loser, illegitimate joke Biden. Oh, why is he on the screen, guys? Well, let me tell you what. I don't know if you guys heard about this. I don't know if this happened to pass down uh, the pike for you all, uh, but apparently, yeah. And this is this is in the vein of election integrity, guys. Apparently, apparently, uh, uh, an investigation finds that uh, this here loser, illegitimate joke Biden, pedo Joe, creepy Joe, slow Joe. Um, I don't know what is what else do they call him, crabby Joe, like. Uh, Slow, Joe, Hayden, Lion Biden. He may not even have won his election in his own home state of Delaware. Did you guys hear me there? Did y'all get that? Have y'all heard this? Is this an old story? Is it old news? Should I just skip this one and go straight to Sidney Powell? You tell me. But uh, it appears that there has been some election fraud found in the state of Delaware that calls into question the legitimacy of the vote he received in his own home state. Where is this coming from? Is this October 1st? Are we officially in red October? Uh, I mean, uh, because we did not even have this on our radar, satellite, or our compasses. <laughs> like, where did this story come from? Is, were they just waiting for October 1st to drop this on our laps or what? Apparently, uh, Delaware saw massive fraudulent votes being submitted in the 2020 election and nursing homes that had way more votes submitted than people who lived there, according to the uh, 2020 Delaware United States Senate candidate, Lauren Witski, and also, a memo that came from an organization called Patriots for Delaware. Now, guys, this has been far off the radar, okay? This has been way off there. Like, I don't know where this comes from, But uh, this is crazy, guys. This is insane. Okay, so let's look at this real quick. And we're going to go through this. Now, this is the memo that was uh, submitted from Patriots for Delaware, Freedom, Integrity, Education, Action. And uh, the title of this memo is, What Happened in Delaware's 2020 General Election? Uh, Who could have known, guys? Let's check it out. Uh, It says, uh, Patriots for Delaware held a public meeting on September 28th where they relayed some initial findings in reference to their 2020 election canvas that have raised more questions than answers. Not only did dead people vote, there also seems to be a high number of votes coming from some nursing homes who don't have nearly that many beds. There are 296 votes that came from a nursing home with only 94 beds. That's 315% votes coming from a facility that is rarely at full occupancy. There were several other nursing homes that reported over 100%, while most facilities in the state reported anywhere from zero to 75% votes in relation to available beds. Where are all the people that voted from these nursing homes? How could the nursing homes have been that full occupancy-wise given the COVID-19 protocol that was to lock the facilities down and keep our elderly socially distanced and quarantined? It was also revealed that hundreds upon hundreds of votes from uniformed and overseas citizens had a mailing residential address listed as the addresses of the three county election offices in the state. The election law clearly states that these particular voters' addresses uh, should be listed as their last residential address. People don't live at the state-owned Carville building in Wilmington. Are these votes legal? Another subject that is called into question is the voter rolls. Almost 30,000 voters were added to the voter rolls in the months leading up to the November 3rd election. Oddly enough, over 11,000 of these voters were removed from the rolls in August 2021 alone. The state only provides month-to-month data on voter registration totals. Any added or removed voters on a day-to-day basis would not be apparent in the month-to-month data. Why were so many voters added to the rolls starting a few months before the election? And why are they now being removed? Why would 11,000 people unregister to vote in one month? Were the election offices cleaning up their voter rolls? If so, why wait until after a historic election to remove voters? Lastly, is the astronomically high 47,205 ballots sent into adjudication? That amounts to 25% of all mail-in absentee ballots cast in the state. The FEC, Federal Elections Commission, allows 0.0008% of ballots to be sent into adjudication. Clearly something was wrong during the ES&S tabulation machine scanning of these mail-in slash absentee ballots to cause so many of them to be deemed unable to read. Furthermore, according to Delaware's election law, Each ballot needed a Republican, a Democrat, and an election judge to view them and decide the voters' intent. What kind of man-hours would it take for elections officials to view every one of those adjudicated ballots? Again, that's 47,205. The mail-in ballots were not supposed to be opened or counted until Election Day. How did that many ballots? Or how did uh? Yeah. How did that many ballots get processed in such a short amount of time? Did any of the officials question or raise concern for the amount of adjudications? Were the E S and S tabulation machines calibrated correctly? Were the machines certified? Who certified them? We, the people of Delaware, deserve to know what happened on November 3rd, 2020. We should have complete confidence in our elections, given that a free and fair election is the cornerstone of this constitutional republic. Our elected representatives and appointed board of elections have a duty to we, the people, that they have not been living up to we have questions we want answers we will not settle for there's nothing i can do any longer signed the delaware audit oh boy ladies and gentlemen that my friends oh man what a way to start off october ladies and gentlemen who knew the people of Delaware were after uh, truth and justice, but why should we have ever doubted? Why should we have ever doubted that even in the home state of this sorry excuse for a human being, this treasonous American, this, uh, whew, man, God, nah, mm, as crazy guys. Now, um, Lauren Witzke, again, she is a United States Senate candidate for Delaware. She said, just to recap, uh, preliminary audits of the Delaware 2020 elections are damning. Only 10% of the votes have been audited and they've already found over 20,000 fraudulent ballots. So they're already doing this. Why was nobody reporting on this? Nobody, not even Heather Mullins. And that's right up her alley. She's from New Hampshire to Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. Um, dang. Okay, so they've only audit, They've already started an audit. Apparently 10, 000, 10, 10% of the ballots have been audited and they've found 20,000 fraudulent ballots in Delaware. What was his margin of victory? Does anyone know? Uh, It says internal polling before the election were extremely close. They could not let Joe Biden's home state seem even remotely competitive while they were busy stealing the swing states. Um, That would have raised a a few eyebrows if he lost his home state and uh, won the swing states, right? It says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like I pulled in at least 40% of the vote I may be even one. Thank you to Seth Keschel's team for all their hard work. More on this to come. Stay tuned. So saith Lauren Witsky, United States Senate candidate for Delaware. That's what I'm saying, guys. If Seth Keschel thinks that the audit that Texas is doing is, uh, you know, on the up and up, I might have to go check myself. You know what I mean? But like, (laughs) But uh, Seth Keschel needs to see what we're doing in the state of Texas, guys, because that is not it. And I am so surprised, shooketh and shocked and uh, gleeful to get this news on the uh, state of Delaware. Go Patriots of Delaware. You guys rock it forever. I, I guess we should have known that that would have been, uh, you know, a very highly fraudulent state. Right. Because they have to make sure he wins in his home state. Right. Oh, my goodness. You know, just V, I would love to see California's audit also, because I would love to see that state turn red. Like, uh, and you know, political parties aside, you know, uh, colors of the rainbow aside, what that means, conservative, uh, you know, respectful of other human rights, uh, you know, proud of our country and, and doing the best for ourselves. So as to do the best for the rest of the world, freedom. And no more ties to these debt slavers have run us over for how long? Nigh on centuries, right? I mean, seriously, aside from the fact that we all know California turned red in 2020, I would love to see an audit like this in your state as well. But we're not going to talk about gruesome Newsom tonight and his uh, love of abortions and his uh, mandates on children getting masks and vaccines, because that will just bring us down a little bit. All right, let's get into Sydney Powell so we can wrap up the show for the night. Now, uh, a couple of things coming out of Sydney Powell as of recently. Um, most recently, uh, she has uh, made some uh, claims that um, you know she's getting heavily criticized for, just as the normal is for her. That's that per the huge. People are criticizing Sydney Powell, right? Uh, and for those of you out there in podcast land or in uh, Clout or Twitch, Clout Hub or Twitch, uh, Sydney Powell's a former uh, President Trump lawyer. And, uh, well, I mean, some argue that point that perhaps she wasn't representing Trump, but she was actually representing the people of the United States of America who has fought for election integrity tooth and nail. To the point of, you know, practically almost losing her license to be going, to going bankrupt on lawfare terms, uh, to being smeared left and right uh, every way this side of any day. Um, This woman has taken it for us and she has uh, persevered and she has remained constant in her strength and her integrity for what she knows is true not just by her heart and her consciousness, but by the rule of law, you know? And uh, so she's not relenting, and so we should not either. I think it would be uh, one of the worst things in history to let this woman down when she has not failed us at any uh, part in the uh, course that we've been going on. Uh, Now, most recently, she has come out talking, uh, she made a statement, actually, in regards to election fraud. And it caught the intent of a lot of people. Like if you look up Sydney Powell right now, you're going to find a lot of articles really criticizing her. Uh, something to the effect of, Oh, Sydney Powell now says that, uh, all the intelligence agencies knew that there was fraud. Sydney Powell now says that all your state representatives have known and knew and have known that there was fraud. She's blaming all of them. And also that, uh, Sydney Powell is including, uh, you know, the armed forces in this entire conspiracy against the American people and the fraudulent election just to boost the ego of President Trump. In fact, let's take a look at the statement. All right, here we go, guys. We're almost done. Let me take this off here. I'm going to expand this just a little bit. I mean, I'm going to read it for you guys anyways, because I don't think that's going to show a uh, really, really, really tiny writing. Okay. It says, uh, this is from Sidney Powell, And it says right here, breaking news, they knew and they know, including key government officials and lots of dirty politicians, your votes have been stolen with algorithms and computers since 2000. Okay. And it goes this way. We are sending you information urgent to your understanding of what has been happening in this country as far back as we can trace it right now. We will flesh this out in more details as fast as we can. Right now, it is imperative that you all watch the following video and share it with everyone you know. One of the biggest questions I've had has been, why has it been and is it so difficult to get people in power to see the fraud in this and prior elections? Why do they just issue blanket denials of no evidence when there are mountains of it? Why do they turn a blind eye? The answer to that question is now obvious to me. They all know, they have long known. Countless politicians entrenched in power have known for years the votes are manipulated by powers that be, not according to the will of the voters. Just imagine the billions of dollars in the campaigning election industry alone. The RNC, the DNC, that is all a sham. Our votes are not deciding our elections. Nefarious people, communists are. Witnesses, including one brave whistleblower who created an algorithm to rig an election, have told government officials for years. The criminal conduct there also ties into a CCP spying operation that was exposed but left essentially untouched. Question. Was that also during the time that Senator Dianne Feinstein employed a Chinese spy and served on the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence? Now, with the help of great patriots, we have found additional evidence of their direct knowledge, as reflected in the video attached to this affidavit. Here's what you need to see right now from a hearing in 2004 that included members of Congress Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters, among others. Are you ready to see that video, ladies and gentlemen? Let's see that video. Here we go, guys. Fun stuff. Good stuff. You'll enjoy it.
7: And the testimony you've given is true. Yes, sir.
0: I apologize, guys. We're rewinding it. We're rewinding it. Give me just a sec.
5: Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record? My name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. And where do you reside?
7: Tallahassee, Florida. And what is your profession? I'm a computer programmer.
5: Would you please speak into the microphone so the audience can hear your testimony? I'm a computer programmer. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that
7: to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I work for in Albedo, Florida that did just that. And when you say did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 5149 to whoever you wanted it to go to and
5: whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. Mr. Would you answer that question once again? They would never see it. So how would such a such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. Other than that, you won't see it. All right, Mr. Curtis, uh, if you had been asked, you or others with your professional expertise, had been asked to design a protective program, to, that would protect the Ohio elections from against, against such software to fix the election, could you have done so? If we've been
7: asked to make a program that could fix the election? Sure, anybody can do it.
5: No, could you have designed a program or to, a procedure or a protocol that would have protected Ohio against this kind of rigging? No, you have to look at the source code. You have to get
7: probably programmers from both or all parties to look at the source code and determine if there's anything in there that shouldn't be there. I mean, it's a simple program. You're adding one to a person's
5: total. It's a hundred lines of code tops. There's All right. If, uh, uh, are you aware of whether there was any protective action in Ohio against this kind of boat rigging through software? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. You were, you were not asked to assist in the development of any protective systems. Is that correct? No, I was not. In Europe, have you uh, reviewed at all the election results in Ohio? No, I haven't. Okay. Given the availability of such vote uh, rigging software and the testimony that has been given under oath of substantial statistical anomalies and gross dis- dis- differences between exit polling data and the actual tabulated results, do you have an opinion whether or not Ohio election, the Ohio election, presidential election, was hacked?
7: Yes, I would say it was. I mean, if you're if you have exit polling data that is significantly off from the vote, then it's probably hacked.
5: And your testimony is under oath. Yes, sir. And the testimony you've given is true. Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: I
0: have the same question back to the Who did you say you were
7: asked to prepare? I was asked by Tom Feeney. he's now a congressman at that time. He was uh, Speaker of the House of Florida, Yang Enterprises which was the company I work for lobbyist, and their corporate attorney. He wore a lot of hats. And at the time, he was the Speaker of the House of Florida.
8: Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Congressman. You say he was the, the lobbyist for the voting machine company at the same time he was Speaker of the House? I don't know what the voting machine company is. He
7: was a lobbyist for Yang Enterprises. We had NASA contracts. And, and
8: Yang Enterprises did what? Computers? Computers. Okay, and he was your lobbyist? Your company? He was the lobbyist, lobbyist,
7: lobbyist for that company, yes.
8: And he asked you to design a... To, see, to design a code to an election? Yes. While he was Speaker of the Florida House? Yes. This was during or previous to the 2000 election?
7: Yes, uh, October, end of September.
8: And did he ever express why he wanted a code to an election?
7: No, I immediately assumed that they were trying to keep you guys from cheating them. So, <laughs> so I wrote up the documentation of what you would look for in the source code, how you would make sure that you didn't get, you know, taken advantage of, make sure that all voting machines had receipts, because that way you could back count the ones that looked a little funny. And I handed in a- receipt. receipts, you mean a paper trail? Yes, paper trail. And I handed that in to Mrs. Yang and said, here's your report, here's your program. And she said, you don't understand, we need to hide the fraud in the source, in the source code. Hide the fraud, not reveal the fraud. Not reveal the fraud, because it needed to, con- to control the vote in South Florida, was what she said. Whoa, That's what she said. What your said. knowledge, to your knowledge was this used i have no
8: idea i i was ready to leave so, <laughs> so i retired and I left to come your testimony and, a moment ago i think you said just before you left and answered the congressman jones question that, would you just repeat what you said in terms of uh, the the uh, exit polls oh the exit polls should not be significantly different than the vote and if they were you would conclude what i would conclude someone's playing with a vote now with the exit polls That's possible too. Okay. Something something is definitely skewed. Something is skewed in one of the other votes. Right. To select which one, you'd have to see where the problem is. Let me ask you one further question. Assuming, for the moment, that such software—that's what you call it—such software to to rig a vote was used in one or more machines in Ohio or in Florida. Could you today detect that if you looked at the source code? If you could get the
7: machines, and they have not been patched yet, I mean, once they get in and touch them, anything can happen. You can also set timers do that, but then you see the timers. Then you'd have to take those machines, decompile them, which I couldn't do, but possibly a Microsoft, MIT, something to do. You might, you might be able to see it. You might. Not depends
8: on how good they are at destroying what they had. Destroying what they had by with the machine afterwards, or by programming a, a destroy. Uh, instruction in the first place. Right, because since you didn't both, either or both? Either or both. You, you didn't actually see what's in there, so
7: you don't know if the code is running in a single executable or running in various modules. If it's running modules, you can make the code actually eat itself.
8: Let me ask you one further question. We've, I have ah. heard, I've been told that people who assume that lots of the election results, or that a large fraction of the election result in the state, may have been affected by a uh, deliberate fraud in the computer are, are paranoid because the, in order to do that you have to have access to thousands of machines and that that would be readily detectable to extent is that true
7: it depends on the technology you use if you did a central tabulation machine that fed in all you have to do is set a flag you set a flag the central tabulation. Tab- central tabulation machine, would then flip your votes.
8: So if you... So one person putting in bad code in a central tabulation machine could affect thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of votes. Right, and you,
7: could activate, and you could activate it automatically, or you could make it so that there's code existing on like an electronic machine that feeds it, where you would punch it in, it would set the flag, the server would see the flag, and then...
8: And if you had a recount, uh and then we know that no paper trail. Would that be as soon assuming that that had happened, would that be revealable by seeing a discrepancy between what the tabulator central tabulator showed and what the individual machines which have not been tampered with showed? Not if I wrote it. Why not? In other words, in other words I would make a match. You could you could work back from the tabulator to the individual machines, so the tabulator would tell the machines to switch their results?
7: Yes. Talks both ways. You huh. can limit it to whatever you need.
8: And they actually did talk to each other. The yeah. and and they hooked up, as long as it was networked together, they could talk to each other. So in other words, there's absolutely no assurance whatsoever in anything with regard to these machines. Absolutely none unless you look at the source code and make sure it's safe before it goes out. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you, Congressman Mattis. Uh, I know that Congresswoman Waters has questions, then Senator Miller, and then Congresswoman Stephanie Tubbs-Jones.
3: This will only take a moment if you would come back to the... Uh, <clears throat> uh,
7: as you know, um, there, there has been a lot of uh, discussion about, uh, I think it was Diebold, um company, their relationship to the president and, and the administration and supposedly comments about uh, helping to ensure uh, that the president was re-elected. In your world, in your environment, uh, have you heard any of this kind of discussion? Do you know people who vote for people? Uh, do you have any sense of any um, actions that may have been taken? I don't know anything about that at all. Okay. Thank you. Sorry,
1: Senator Miller.
8: Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, sir. I suspect people will attack you in terms of your credibility. Could you restate once again your your credentials?
7: Uh, I'm a programmer. I worked for NASA, worked for ExxonMobil, worked for the um, for Department of Transportation, and other elements of my story because this company, well, let's get into it. Why not? <laughs> this company also they have NASA contracts, and they were basically downloading tons of information, I mean, gigabytes worth, and handing them off to this little Chinese guy named Henry Nee, And it didn't seem right. And, you know, he was hacking things and I wrote a program for DOT that allowed contractors to send their information into DOT, and he was kind of the quality assurance guy for software. He put a wiretapping module in the program that went out to the contractors so that it actually sent everything they sent back to Yang. So I reported all this, and just last March, I think, he was arrested for attempting to send anti-tank missile ships to the capital of Communist China. So, if that's correct, this is such a small thing. <laughs> of course, I think he only got a $100 fine. And no time.
8: Thank you. Congresswoman Stephanie kept jones Thank
0: you. Thank you. We we are now. All right, guys. So uh, this video is from 2004, and this was a hearing where this I guess uh, computer tech guy who writes a script and also uh, writes um, you know computer programs was blowing the whistle on um, how he had created a program that manipulated the algorithms to flip the vote 41, uh, was it 40, 41, 59 or whatever. It flipped the vote 51, 49. So uh, that's what this was. Now that's what, that's what it says here from Sidney Powell um, from a hearing in 2004 that included members of Congress, Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters. We saw Maxine, we heard Nadler, I call him Waddle's, Um, and, uh, this, that's basically this guy, I mean, that's what he was talking about. He's talking about how he did it and he was blowing the whistle because, uh, I guess he discovered that they were actually implementing the stuff. Now, as we know today, a program such as that is only one way that they use to flip the vote. And in fact, they talk about it a little bit more coming up, but, uh, just to finish off, um, 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 Sidney Powell's, um, um, article here. She put. Uh, let me let me go and expand that. No, no. Uh, she said, uh, "We also have the Defense Department's own interest in patents for the very process that allow votes to be manipulated and change by unseen hands, and a patent for a process to predetermine an election, just as it happened in 2020." More on this in the next news blast. We have truly been living in The Matrix, a movie I despised when it came out because of the difficulty it created in distinguishing reality from appearances. Sickeningly, the truth is it was more real than not. Stay tuned, much more to come. The truth will set us free, Sidney Powell. So she's disclosing in this uh, poopy, pant- poopy pants waddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poopy Pants Nadler, I know. Yeah, I call him Waddles Nadler. You guys have seen him? You've seen him waddling off the stage? Anyways, okay. Um, uh, so as I was saying, um, in regards to uh, what Sydney's saying here, she's giving you an example of how tech can be used to flip votes or for you know voter fraud. And as this man said, you would never detect it. Kind of like, uh, you know, Harry Hursty over there with the Diebold machines or Diebold machines up in New Hampshire area. All you have to do is uh, manipulate the uh, memory card and no one would ever know the better. It doesn't matter what the uh, voters vote for. As long as you pre-program the script in that memory card to be your outcome, you're good to go. This man was describing the same theme in regards to writing a script for computer programs. So what, uh, what, uh, what lawyer politician out there is going to say, show me a script of your computer program. And it's going to sit down and look at a series of numbers and symbols and alphabet, uh, alphanumeric characters. They're not, they won't even understand it. It's an entirely different language. Not that many. I mean, people can do it. Like, I don't, I don't know their official name. I guess they're like what cryptographers or some, some, something like that, but it can be done. And so that's what this man was describing um, now, ladies and gentlemen, for your enjoyment, uh, we're going to listen to a, an interview where um, uh, Stu Peters and also Sidney Powell go into this a little bit more just to round out what we just saw a little bit more. It's a, it's a, she's, dro- she's dropped a lot of information in the past few days over the course of the last uh, week or so. Um, so uh, just so we can all stay up to speed with that, let's check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Well, despite, despite being, being lied, lied to, despite, despite being, being lied, lied about, about the CBB, CBB, what are you doing? What are you doing down there, Stu? Get back up in your box, okay? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I thought I hit the right oh, one. There we go. We'll get it. There we go. Okay. All right. Here we go.
5: ...about deceiving being part of deception, just like the rest of us, despite
2: being thrown directly under the bus and then put on display by a lying propagandist media, publicly defamed, slandered on a world stage, Sidney Powell is still riding into battle for President Trump, but even more so importantly, fighting harder now than ever for America. She has a brand new article up on the website, defendingtherepublic.com. You have to read this. I had no idea that any of this was going on. The article is entitled, The Untold Election Case That Should Have Stopped the Coup, Why Nancy Pelosi Had to Hurry on January 6th. According to Powell, on the very day of January 6th, there was a one last-ditch legal effort that might have stopped the certification of disputed electoral states by the Congress, a legal challenge to the Electoral Count Act a 130-year-old law that governs the actual electoral college process. Now, this law gives both the House and Senate explicit roles in evaluating electoral slates, even though the 12th Amendment to the Constitution only gives the House a role in choosing the president. The Senate, as we know, is only involved in choosing a vice president. So Powell brought a lawsuit to overturn that law. But only filed at the afternoon of January 6th while a bunch of people were trampling through the Capitol in what later would be referred to as the Great Insurrection. Now, that insurrection might have played to her advantage by delaying the final resolution of the election, but then Nancy Pelosi won UPter by reconvening Congress and finishing the tally in the middle of the night. The next day, Supreme Court Justice Alito dismissed the case, but according to Powell, it might have been different if that election wasn't already over. So that's Powell's big article for defending the republic, but that's not all she's up to. Former Dominion voting system security professional Eric Coomer, yes, his last name is Coomer, is suing Powell, Gateway Pundit, and a bunch of other people and places over election uh, fraud claims. And yesterday, Powell got the chance to depose Mr. Coomer for two hours. We'd love to learn more about that if possible. But if not, there's no shortage of other things to discuss when Sydney Powell joins us, which she has agreed to do so now. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it.
4: Oh, thank you for having me, Stu. It's an honor.
2: So you announced uh, just going into this interview, you're like breaking news here that you're this is this is great. And I recommend that everybody reads this. Uh, We could have stopped the coup. But now you're taking action via a whole new filing today. Tell us about it.
4: Yes, we are filing an answer to Dominion's $1.3 billion lawsuit against me. And we are going to file a counterclaim that I think your listeners will find a very interesting read. We are absolutely fed up with the lawfare that Dominion and its uh, uh, PR people and everyone else around it have been engaging in against me in particular. They've essentially used, <clears throat> excuse me, the lawsuit to slander and defame me. And we're going to take action. Why do
2: you think, why do you suspect? And when I talk about middle America, and, and th- that's our audience. I mean, these are people who really believed that their election is stolen. These are people who really believed prior to this that their vote counted, that they would go and they would vote for a president. And that's, I mean, that their vote would count. How hard is it for you knowing everything that you know to be a part of such slanderous ridicule by a monstrous, corrupt criminal media, uh, knowing how hard you are fighting how how difficult is it for you to explain what's really happening and the depth of this corruption to middle America, to the everyday blue-collar, hardworking, patriotic, family-raising American man or woman? How difficult is that to shoulder that every day?
4: Well, fortunately, I feel uplifted by the prayers of about 80 million people. And... I just want the truth for the American public. We can't fix this problem until we know exactly what caused it. And I am beyond convinced that Dominion and also other voting machine companies probably played a significant role in it. We have to find out what that role is. So at least the lawsuit now will give us a vehicle to get discovery against Dominion and get more of their documents and find out exactly what happened here. And that's we We've made a lot of of progress in that way already uh, that people will see in our filing, which I hope will happen by uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time tonight.
2: So is this why there's such a panic about Sidney Powell? I know that I just read three hours ago, breaking story, three Democratic lawmakers, they're coming after you. I mean, they're looking into your law license in Texas. They're talking about you know, criminal activity on your part. I mean, this is this is just another sham. This is another hoax. This is more propaganda to make you look like a criminal when really you're trying to expose the criminals. And that is exactly Lynn Wood says this a lot. I'm not a liar. So when somebody says I'm a liar, that makes them a liar, right? Uh, <laughs> right. When, exactly. And, and so somebody always accuses you of doing the very thing that they're busy doing on the back end.
4: Exactly. It's said for years now, the Democrats are masters of deception and deflection and just slandering. It's, It's Nancy Pelosi's wrap up smear combined with the lawfare operation that Dominion engaged in to file multiple suits against many of us sequentially in the D.C. federal court and then launched a massive campaign to send cease and desist letters to everyone in their pet rock that had ever mentioned anything about Dominion. Uh, There was nothing good faith about that whatsoever. And it's just, it's an abusive process. It really is.
2: Now that company was headquartered in Colorado. And then they moved to Canada. Is that right?
4: Uh, I think they might have been headquartered in Canada first. I've forgotten the timeline of that, but they are headquartered in Canada, and they have had a long-standing relationship with Smartmatic. They, the patents that they hold cross both uh, from the time that it was owned by Smartmatic through today. So the same people have been at the core of their operations since at least uh, 2004, 2005. And
2: what will your countersuit claim?
4: Well, I don't want to go into all the detail of it right now. I want them to be able to read it when it's filed and see the detail. But it is a claim uh, by me and Sydney Powell, PC, my law firm, and defending the Republic against them for their uh, lawfare abuses.
2: Yeah, they're a very litigious group. I mean, they're literally naming, um, I think, Raisinbrand in some of their lawsuits. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not making that claim just so that they know <laughs> I was being sarcastic and facetious. They want to sue everybody.
8: Uh, yes. Everybody who's
2: ever said, hold on a second. We were told that these these machines were not to be connected to the Internet. And it has now since been proven that they were connected to the Internet. Uh, oh, yes. You know, I mean, there's just so many things around this that indicate But there was clear tampering in every single aspect of this election, whether it was the machines or the harvesting or the mail-in ballots or the Sharpie inconsistencies that we hear about. That list just goes on and on and on. So Coomer, you had the opportunity to
4: depose this Eric Coomer. How did that go? Well, the the deposition was limited in scope to uh, an article based on a New York Times uh, magazine piece that was done about him. And that contrasted with some statements he had made previously where things simply didn't add up and about his social media posts. So other than that, I can't go into detail because the judge has issued a protective order to cover it for the time being. I would expect that to be lifted sometime later.
2: Can you, can you give us a feeling as far as uh, if it went well, if you think that that there was things that were exposed during that deposition that are going to be beneficial?
4: I think anyone watching the video of that deposition will certainly have some insights into Mr. Coomer when they finished watching it. Wonderful.
2: So I want to talk a little bit more about January 6th, Nancy Pelosi, as we know her and the feds involvement into that day from what Mm -hmm. everybody remembers that day for, which is a rally that has now been referred to as an insurrection. uh, more violent than the Civil War, which I don't understand that because I think only one unarmed patriot lost their lives at the hands of law enforcement there. Uh, Nobody else died. And I don't believe that the feds recovered any guns from anybody. So I don't know where this violent insurrection term comes from. But on that day, you were really busy
4: doing something in this unheard, untold election case. Yes, we were filing a 12th Amendment constitutional challenge to the process that the Congress was about to use under the Electoral Act provisions that simply don't jive with the 12th Amendment to the United States Constitution. And Justice Alito was our circuit justice for that. Louis Gohmert was the plaintiff in our lawsuit. And we were suing the vice president to follow the 12th Amendment as opposed to the Electoral Count Act, so or Electoral College Act. So that was the, the main point. And Nancy Pelosi had finagled to file an amicus brief in it. There'd been inside goings on in Congress whereby I believe it was Steve Scalise and McCarthy kept her from being an actual party. She wanted to work her way into the case as a party, but somehow politically that didn't happen. But so she got noticed when we made her filing because she wanted to file an amicus brief or had filed an amicus brief. And uh, then you know, everything broke loose. And she had to really speed up reconvening Congress to get the vote going before Justice Alito might have issued an injunction to stop it all, which is what should have happened.
2: So is there a sense in from from your perspective, you've been so firsthand involved with this. And I mean, I could honestly sit down with you for days and still have no idea the full scope of exactly what happened here. But at defendingtherepublic.com this article. .org. Or, dot dot org. Org. Okay. Yeah. defendingtherepublic.org. the This article gives us a pretty clear look into why Nancy Pelosi had to hurry on January 6th. The rest of the media has failed to cover any of this, of course, and they won't do that. They wouldn't right. even cover a Hunter Biden laptop story. Probably one of the most critical stories leading up to the election. We'll talk to Garrett Ziegler about that today as well. But with Knowing the depths of everything that happened here and all of the people that were complicit in this, you wouldn't still be fighting for this if you didn't see that there was a light at the end of the tunnel for accountability to happen here in this country. And you have to believe that that's going to
4: happen or you wouldn't still be fighting. Is that right? It, it must happen or we're gone as a country. I mean, for me, this isn't about the person that was in the office of the presidency. It's about the republic itself. It's about the truth that the American people are entitled to. They were robbed of their choice. The American people were cheated of their choice as president, regardless of what his name was. They were flat out cheated of their choice as president. And it's about the rule of law, the truth and the very essence of our republic. Because without a transparent voting system, which we haven't had, frankly, since 2004, if not before, in fact, we've uncovered evidence that there was a fraud way back in 2000 with the paper ballots to try to push everyone into the computerized systems, which only made it worse and made it harder to detect. We must go back to paper ballots. We must go back to real citizen identification and simply hand counting the ballots. It's less time consuming. It's less expensive. And it's far more accurate than what we've just experienced. And we have to have some kind of certified ballot system like we used to have also. None of this print your own ballot uh, whenever you want to and, and stuff 50 of them in a box or whatever, whether it's computerized or Uh, a box put out by Mr. Zuckerberg and company. One of the very troubling things is that the media is so much in cahoots with uh, Dominion and everyone that's behind this voting scam. I think it goes much broader and much deeper than I originally realized, including aspects of the government because uh, they have known about this since at least 2004 and failed to stop it if not absolutely uh, augmented it themselves
2: is the constituency powerless or is there something that they can do there's so many people that want to be involved and so many people that want to do something what can they do
4: well for one thing they can demand that their legislatures decertify the fraudulent elections in the states that we know the fraud was absolutely blatant in. I mean, the six swing states in particular, uh, it's, it's, it's mathematically irrefutable. And the people who want to say there's no evidence are just denying reality. And they know that they, that's why they're so upset with me because I won't stop looking for the truth. And I just find more every day and I'm not going to stop talking about it because we have to find the truth. They, they can't control me. They don't have anything on me. They've thrown everything at me they can possibly throw. I'm sure there's more to come. But the more they throw, the more determined I am to get to the truth. It simply tells me I am square over the target. And there are a lot of very powerful people that have been lining their pockets from the graft and corruption all over the world that has resulted from this. And they have put in power the people they want that they can control by intimidation or uh, various terror tactics or extortion or blackmail or whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's really bad. We need to almost clean out every aspect of our state and federal governments and start over and demand honesty from all our elected officials. And we have to start with an honest way of electing them.
2: So the decertification, uh, that conversation is happening in Arizona today. That conversation should happen, as you said, in in the other five swing states as well. What, if any, is the legal mechanism from there on, because we're kind of in charted, uncharted waters here. I mean, we're talking about the decertification of a presidential election. Do you have any yes. idea then what's next?
4: Well, uh, as I've said for a long time, the Supreme Court said for a long time, fraud vitiates everything. We cannot allow a coup of the presidency of the United States of America to stand when it was clearly fraudulent. It. it, it beyond my ability to fathom that anybody would even consider letting this administration play out in light of the evidence that is coming to light now, and frankly, has, has been out since after the election, but everybody wanted to put their head in the sand for different reasons, and frankly, I think a lot of that is because so many of our politicians are controlled in some fashion by the Chinese Communist Party and or the communist elements that are everywhere within our country now
2: including in government, elected representatives oh, yes. actually. And I'm not talking about these people being communist sympathizers. And we're going to get into this as as we continue over the next days and weeks. There are actual orthodox communists as elected representatives in the government of the United States of America. And these are household names that people know. These people are communists and they're sitting up there making decision uh, decisions for America. They're involved with national security issues of importance They're involved with your schooling. They're involved with everything. That that, that this Marxist coup is unbelievable. So, are you suggesting that then there would be a legal mechanism for Biden to be ousted? Everybody in this administration to be gone, and then would President Trump, because he never lost, would he just resume his presidency? And then would all executive actions from this faux administration be null and
4: void? I mean, this is a big deal. The the Supreme Court to have any credibility or try to restore its own credibility as an institution that stands for the rule of law in this country is going to have to fashion a remedy for this situation. And I would think it would have to include, um, well, maybe the best solution is to have a real election. Because I don't know how long it's been since we've had an election that hasn't been influenced by some level of massive corruption. It's been a long time, because as long as we've had these computerized election mechanisms, there has been a backdoor in the system that allowed could allow even just one nefarious actor to change the results of the elections. And it's likely from the, the evidence I've seen from the different experts, they've figured out the key that was run in each state, Dr. Frank has, to uh, set the algorithm to change the results in each state. And it's it's trackable. He can He can track it. He can calculate it. A free and fair election is random. It's not something you can predetermine. But this one was predetermined, and they made the votes come out the way they wanted, through ghost voters, fraudulent ballots, whatever you want to call it to achieve the result that they had predetermined. That is not an election that can stand up in the United States of America if the rule of law is to exist another day, if our republic is to exist another day.
2: I know that it's not scientific measurement, but when you just sit back as a regular sane person, an objective observer, I mean, I was an investigator. I still consider myself to be an investigator, just a different class of criminals. But when you look at at what was happening leading up to this election. When you look at President Trump selling out 30, 40, 50, 60,000, not selling out, but filling these stadiums with these people. And then you look at eight or 12 people inside of these little circles, like they were summonsing the mothership. I don't know what they were doing. Um, for Biden, there was just no enthusiasm at all for this guy whatsoever. Uh, you look at America now, you look at, Stadiums filled with a hundred thousand people every single Saturday at college football games chanting "F. Biden." Nobody likes this guy. Nobody wants it. I don't. I haven't found anybody that actually says, "Yeah, he's doing a good job." And that's really for real. I mean, I haven't. If somebody can say that he has, so to me, it just doesn't matter what party you you tend to be affiliated with. You cannot lie to me and tell me that you feel like this thing was on the up and up. No matter who you are. No matter what sector of government you're in, no matter who you normally pundit for or pontificate on behalf of CNN or MSNBC, none of that matters. You know in your heart of hearts that this thing is not right. And not wanting to get to the bottom of it makes you a traitor to this country. That's my opinion. Um, And I, I know that you got about one minute left here. Final words.
4: Well, I want the American people to stand up for truth and stand up for justice in obviously a respectful and polite way, but they must put pressure on their local elected officials to return to paper ballots and on their legislatures to decertify the fraudulent results of the election and demand real audits. It's the key is in the ballots. We've got to have signature audits of the ballots. And that is going to show the fraud beyond measure.
2: I admire you for your fight. I really do. You are a true leader uh, in a time where this country seems to lack leadership everywhere else. You're, you're stepping up and I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Sydney Powell. Thank you, Stu.
0: All right. Was that not a smashing interview? Now that is, uh, that's key guys. So not only is Sydney, um, you know, bringing out all of this information and she's, uh, you know, kind of divulging it to us, uh, in regards to examples of how uh, elections can be defrauded, uh, from as early as 2004, she says as early as 2000. And of course she said also there was a bunch of fraud that happened, in 2000 with uh, paper ballots to push us to electronic and technological ways of voting. Anyone can think of a hanging chad? I'm telling you guys, get a Mr. C hole puncher and we can take care of that. But, um, and also in regards to that, what, what they were also talking about here, they talked about a lot. They talked about January 6th. They talked about Dominion. They talked about voter fraud. But what what was the, one of the main things here is that um, uh, she has countersued Dominion, okay? She has countersued Dominion. Now, where we last left off, Dominion had sued the heck out of Fox, made them uh, show their true colors, right? They made them take their rhino skins off so we could see exactly who they are. They uh, counter, they sued uh, Newsmask, Newsmask, So this way we could all kind of uh, glean some sort of insight into what kind of agency this place will be because they obviously has no integrity. And I'm not talking about certain or particular reporters on that station. But overall, that new station is compromised, guys. It was uh, to me that just just based on my sense and what we see, that new station was meant to kind of be the faux replacement and we would run with it. But guess what? They buckled under the weight of Dominion's lawsuit, and we know who they are now. Okay, OANN didn't do it; they didn't buckle. They are sued right now. Um, so uh, everyone else that uh, everyone else that uh, Dominion decided to sue. Now, where we last left off with uh, Dominion and Sidney Powell and and attorneys involved in this case, also one point three billion dollars. That uh, Dominion uh, was to be awarded, so that this because of all of the damages, the libel, the mudslinging, all the clients they might have lost. That now uh, Sydney Powells busted their operation wide open. No one might want to work with them. In fact, you guys heard it yourselves from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. They're like, we shouldn't have gotten Dominion after we found out about Texas and how there were security issues. This was a mistake. We shouldn't have gotten Dominion. Of course that would mean that uh, they knew about this already. But Dominion's going to use that to their effect, anyways, and not to mention the Obama-backed judge, or I should say, Obama-appointed judge, who was overseeing this whole Dominion case with uh, Sidney Powell in Michigan. They also wanted to make an example of her, and they were saying, "Oh well, she's you know uh, she's she's um, uh, using all of these frivolous uh, uh, ideas and concepts and conspiracy theories. You can't abuse the court like that." And then they're also going to try and suspend her law license. Uh, In in states like Texas, they did it to Giuliani in New York, you know, so she is countersued. And uh, this is where we're going to this is where we're going to close off the night, guys. She is countersued. Now, I don't know if you all guys caught this part in the interview when they were talking about her deposition of uh, this guy named Coomer. Okay, Coomer, who happens to be Eric Coomer, who happens to be um he happens to be uh, working for Dominion, okay. And I don't think he is the. Uh, I don't think he's the current CEO. Let me uh, let me uh, waddle through some of these uh, screen. There we go. That's the guy. that's the guy right there. There he is, right there. Um, let me make sure because I want to make sure I'm not being uh, blah, 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 skippy skippy. Okay, no, that's John Paulos, the founder and CEO. Now, uh, Coomer, uh, they they deposed him. Let me see here. Uh, Far left judge, uh, Coomer, deposition, Eric Coomer, Eric Coomer, uh, Coomer's deposition. Let me give you his specific. uh, I need to give you his specific title and role with Dominion, because if not, we are going to go running off into the darkness with uh, no lights on. Um, and uh, let me see here, Dominion, the article I have didn't state what he is, even though I know they said it in the interview, but uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, the Director of Product Strategy and Security for Dominion, that is who Eric Coomer is. Now, the man on the screen right here with Sidney Powell, that is um, John Popolis, John Popolis, and he's the CEO, the owner of Dominion. So, uh, Dominion is sued, Sydney. Sydney is countersued. And in, uh, in the deposition with their, uh, with their, um, uh, director of product strategy and security, Eric Coomer, this guy basically lost it. Okay. That's what she was saying in her, in the interview. She was like, uh, anyone who sees the deposition of Eric Coomer will kind of know. Where this guy's coming from and what he stands for. He was, he was basically off his rocker. He was, uh, he was totally, uh, uh, unmanageable. He was very irate according to these articles. And because of that, the judge who was overseeing this deposition decided to go ahead and make it, um, and make it, uh, um, closed. She closed it off. Uh, it was a uh, judge, uh, Judge, um, Marie Avery Moses stepped in to protect Eric Cooper in his deposition because he was completely unhinged. Okay. And according to a confidential source, the judge issued an order of sua sponte. Sorry, I don't know Latin, nor do I speak lawfare. Uh, but what sua sponte means is that no one asked her to do it meaning that the judge took it upon herself um, the day after Coomer, Coomer gave his train wreck of a deposition to um, where he was clearly emotionally unstable, arrogant, and repeatedly failed to give direct answers, according to sources, uh, to, um, to protect his deposition and make it to where no one could see his testimony. So now the media cannot look at the testimony. No one can see it. The judge did it only for him, Dominion, okay? But that's the point here. Sydney Powell is um, presenting to us other facets of um, technological um, voter fraud, election fraud. She, we just saw it in one of the videos that she presented. But now also the countersuit, the counter punch, this is what we want. They want to play lawfare with us We're going to play lawfare back with them because the most important thing to remember is that when it is submitted in a legal document and it goes before a judge, a jury, et cetera, that is submitted as evidence. And that is something that they have not wanted because what Dominion has been doing is they've been throwing out lawsuits and suing everybody just to scare them. Hoping, thinking, believing that no one is going to act on it, or no one's going to countersue. Well, Sydney Powell is going to countersue because all of the evidence is going to come out in the discovery. And you know, it, it's uh, and and because of the fact that uh, she is countersuing them because they sued her first, she has standing. Okay, so all of it's going to come out. All of it's going to come out. This Eric Coomer guy, this guy's uh, head of strategy and security. Lost it. Couldn't handle being deposed by Sydney Powell's legal team. That's good shit. Uh, that's good news, guys. That is good news because it shows, uh, aside from their own character, you know, misgivings, it shows all of the truth will have to come out. And they are, they have now, we're now past the point of calling Dominion's bluff. But now we're going to get down to the brass tacks. Now we're going to get down to what is what, okay? And that is a good thing. So God bless Sydney Powell. Before we close up the night, let me just tell you what she's counter suing them over, and we shall be gone. Okay, so uh, why is Sydney Powell suing Dominion? Okay, so basically, she is counter suing Dominion for bad PR and fraud. Okay, it stands, doesn't it? Uh, because after all, they sued her and they said that she was committing libel, but in their suit, they could not provide any evidence of the libel. They could not provide any evidence that what she said was false. They would not even touch the affidavit of her star witness. And I don't know if you guys know who her star witness is, but her star witness they would not even touch her affidavit, okay? They would not touch her affidavit because if they acknowledged her affidavit, they would have to prove in court that what that witness's affidavit that was submitted upon penalty of perjury, they would have to prove it wrong. And they could not do that, so they did not even acknowledge her affidavit, okay? So, and... Uh, That's, it's pretty big guys. It's pretty big. But, uh, so we have that. Okay. So because of those reasons, in other words, uh, you know, it's kind of like, from what I'm understanding about this case, it's kind of like they're, they're turning it on them in a very interesting way. Okay. Instead of running and showing true colors, like Fox news did, uh, Sydney Powell and company have decided to, uh, okay, you want to sue us for $1.3 billion? We're going to countersue you for $10 million. The point is not the money. The point is to get the evidence in discovery and to get them deposed and in testimony under oath, because this way everything has to come out. And there's not a thing that they can do about it. Now they are being submitted to the judicial system. Now we just have to hope that we have a judge that's not totally corrupt, but uh, we'll see where that goes. So we got to pay attention to it now. Okay. So with this whole countersuit for bad PR and fraud, um, Sydney's striking back and she's making a counterclaim, which is laid out, um, uh, as we've seen. And, uh, it, it basically says this. Um, in the s- lawsuit from Sydney Powell to Dominion, she is saying that A, they sought to punish her for speaking out. They sought to smear her reputation. They sought to impair her credibility. They sought to deflect public attention from the truth of the fraud of the election and, they tried to punish her for drawing attention to the vulnerabilities in Dominion's machines and softwares. Now, Powell asserts that in an effort to avoid having these underlying facts surface in the public dialogue, Dominion developed a public relations strategy through litigation, which is what we've seen, right? We're gonna sue Fox, we're gonna sue uh, Giuliani, we're gonna sue Newsmask, we're gonna sue uh, OANN, we're gonna sue Sydney, right? It was all a PR strategy. Okay, as part of its lawfare campaign, Dominion filed billion-dollar-plus lawsuits against separate defendants at critical and strategically planned times. Powell, nothing if not thorough, brings 25 affirmative defenses designed to knock down the plaintiff, Dominion, in this case. These include... Lack of standing, improper venue, estoppel, which I don't know what that is, lack of causation, privileged communication, the first amendment, absence of malice, and more than a dozen other defenses. For a non lawyer, two of the most powerful, um, powerful complaints are fourth affirmative defense. The plaintiff's own claims are barred in whole or in part by the plaintiff's own fraud. So they're playing a game with them. They're saying, uh, how can you claim that when you are fraudulent? Okay. And they can prove it, but, um, Dominion cannot disprove it. And that's the point. The point of the matter is they sued, um, they sued Sidney Powell for fraud, but they could not prove her fraud. They, I mean, for libel, but they could not prove her libel. So why should their lawsuit stand if they cannot even in the court of law prove her libel? It, I mean, it's, it's kind of magnificent the way this works. And okay. And, and if it, and if this goes off, I mean, this is going to be one for the books. Uh, the other thing that is one of the most powerful um, defenses is uh, the fifth affirmative defense, which is plaintiffs own claims are barred in whole or in part by illegality again, because what their actions are doing is against the law. How on earth do they have standing? And guess what? Sydney Powell and her defense and her star witness can prove this in the court of law because they did not touch that star witness's affidavit. They can prove it, but Dominion cannot disprove it. And that's why she's countersuing because it's all going to come out in the jurisdictional system. It's all going to come out in the courts and Dominion will not be able to disprove it, which might be the reason why one Eric Krumer or Coomer. The uh, head of the uh, strategy for security over at Dominion was losing it because he knows they are caught because they called Sidney Powell's bluff and she did not relent. She's like, you want to call my bluff? I lay, she's like, I call your bluff. I lay down four kings for whatever the winning hand is in poker. I don't know. I don't play Texas Hold'em. But there you go, guys. So this is uh, someone said something about a storm coming. Someone said something about red October. How is it that all of this is happening at the same time? It's kind of interesting, right? Okay. So uh, I think we can probably leave it there. I think I've I've, I've spoken enough of the excitement of this case of what Sydney's doing, of what is happening at the same time that uh, the Biden laptop is uh, being proven to be real, at the same time that everyone is acknowledging the failures of this uh, uh, illegitimate president, at the same time that the Maricopa County fraud and the fraud of voter elections is coming out, at the same time that all of this stuff is happening, but I'm not going to puff you up with opium and make you float away. I'm um, Just uh, sharing some information with you guys. And um, let me tell you what, This has been quite a night. We got to call it wraps here at the C-Report. Thank you all for tuning in and not tuning out. And uh, we appreciate you as always as an audience now to be sure, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back in about an hour and 15 minutes with an entirely different program. So, uh, you know, if you've had enough Mr. C for the night, I certainly understand. Uh, But we'll be live at about uh, midnight Texas time. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, do not relinquish hope. Do not relent. I know you won't. But as always, be safe and be blessed. And God bless America. We'll see you back here on Monday next week for the C Report, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That's Texas time. Otherwise, why don't you join us in about an hour and a quarter for Mr. C in the Dark. We have an entirely different show for you all, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time.